Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. On today's episode of the PA Turnpop, we'll discuss the Sixers' recent stretch of games as they come off a back-to-back losses, and they are on the road tonight against the Detroit Pistons. We'll get into arguably the greatest night in Oscar land, and before we hand out some W's and L's, we'll have the bulk of the episode dedicated to our MLB preseason pick'ems as the season begins in seven days, kicked off with the Red Sox at Yankee Stadium. But first, let's take a quick minute to take a pause for our sponsors over at Anchor. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 48 of the PA Turn Pod. This is uh, the Daniel Briere episode and the Matt Moore episode because we're running out of Philadelphia athletes who wore number 48. Joined by Joel, as always, I am Rob. Sir, how are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, a lot of things have happened over the week. <laughs> Quite a few. <laughs> That's an understatement, but uh, I'm doing well. Miami's tomorrow. Sixers play as we speak. Big Mike has a podcast. And the Final Four set. And Bede on Reddick's podcast. A lot of things have gone on. We Another stack show, but I'm doing well, personally. How about you? I'm okay. Um, aside from my headache, Oof. me possibly having plantar fasciitis, oh, no. and my first basket parlay falling <laughs> to pieces a few moments ago, I'm doing okay. <laughs> um, we're doing uh, we're doing it live. We're doing it live. We just watched the first 20 seconds or so of the Sixers, uh, Sixers and Pistons game. I had Isaiah Stewart and Tobias Harris in separate parlays, and I think it was Maxi that just scored. The one time I don't take him, so of course. We're off to a a flying start. We're just looking great. By the end of this episode, I'll know if my free FanDuel $50 wager hit or not. I don't know how I got it, but $50 for free. Of course, Tobias just scored. (laughs) That's good for me. I need him to score 15. After that, I can give a shit what he does. Yeah, I did. um, Oh, I didn't do a parlay for the six. I did a parlay for the Lakers game later. I mean, uh, I'm hoping that game comes through. I'll be able to watch that game. It's been a busy week at work, but um, f- tomorrow is Friday, and it's actually my Friday for once as I uh, I'm off the hook for the weekend. Are you sure? Shout out, shout out to the part timers until one of them calls out. Uh, shout out to the part timers for helping out this weekend. So, shout out to the PTs. Looking forward to it. But are you sure though? The taper fools I can never be sure. Taper fools never. Uh oh, the mic is falling. And. If that's not an essence of what's going on in our lives, I don't know what is. I'm like barely hanging in there. Rob's barely functioning. His, his mic just gave up. His mic just pulled a Francesca. Yeah, just fell asleep on the air. <laughs> so what I did is it's, so we have these mics that we have identical microphones and the stand contains a little whole thing. Hold on, maybe put my chair down. The stand contains a, a little holder thing that you can move the microphone up and down. Yeah. I always kept it in the middle until recently. I was like, I always have my chair pretty low, so my my mouth would be close to the microphone. 
And then earlier I was like, why don't I just move the microphone up? That's why. <laughs> so now my chair is a little bit lower and uh, you can only see me from like the neck up on, uh, on Zoom. So <laughs> like a little kid. <laughs> yeah. We didn't really think this one through. We don't have a producer. So uh, these are the types of things that just fall through the cracks. Yeah. We're two men. We're a two man crew here. We kind of had a producer and she was like, nah. And then we had an MMA insider. Then he became redacted. It just, uh, he doesn't even out. listen. He doesn't, he doesn't even listen. listen. <laughs> Too busy trying to fight my dog. <laughs> the dog who's like every bit of like, what, 10 inches tall I've, when standing on all fours? A, his heart is heavier than, uh, than Mars. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my God. Um, well, before we get into the bulk of the episodes and the Sixers, uh, let's just go a quick rundown through the uh, sports sampler. Uh, we'll kick off the final four, the NCAA. The, probably one of the rare times you'll ever see me talk about the NCAA because I really don't follow college sports. I know yeah, you I and Fireman Joe do. I don't follow the basketball really. I, I love college football, but I don't follow the basketball really at all. Yeah. Well, I'm in, in general college sports. I really don't follow unless I'm I don't, in college. Yeah, I follow. Yeah. It. I don't know a ton about college basketball, but I'm really good at making it sound like I do. Just watch. Just listen for the next five minutes. <laughs> uh, the final four is set in New Orleans. Uh, it's a doubleheader in the dome, and it will be uh, this Saturday. So, uh, if Rob, if something falls through the cracks at Yankee Stadium, you know you can always watch at B Dubs. The final four doubleheader, uh, number two Villanova, our Villanova, I think Wildcats, as uh, Mike Francesa would call them, Villanova. Oh my god, it's very close. Villanova. I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to attempt to say it. Uh, number two Villanova, taking on number one Kansas. Uh, the line at the moment of recording is Kansas minus four and a half, over under 134 points. Who do you like in this game, real quick? So. Um... I don't want to give an elongated answer because, again, I'm not an expert on college basketball. Likewise. However, uh, just watching the last few rounds, Villanova is a very thin team. Uh, they rolled with six guys last game. I mean, the the, uh, the younger Archid Diakono guy played a little bit, but he really only played a few minutes. Bless they you. rolled with six guys, and uh, Justin Moore got hurt. So they're going to roll with five, and Gillespie's playing hurt. So my heart says Villa, Villanova, but um, my, my brain says Kansas. Can't, although you're you're gonna you're not gonna find a better coach in college basketball than uh than Jay Wright, yeah. Um, so I think they put up a fight. I think I take the four and a half, and I uh, I just go to sleep because I I can know that Villanova's <laughs> gonna keep it close. Um, so I you know I don't I don't feel good about picking. You know, I'm, give me Villanova. Screw it. My I man. don't feel good about. But Kansas is a very athletic team as always. They feels like they've always been. Um, even back to the days that I used to follow with like when Wiggins was there, when Ubre was there. And uh, when the, I think one of the more, both the Morris twins, was, I forget. Really? But um, they've always been a pretty athletic team and they can run. And Villanova is going to do everything in their power to slow the game down, which is why that over-under is so low, mm-hmm. 134, because they, they were very, very under last game. And I think they're going to try their best to slow the slow the game down and take the um, take the pace out of it and force Kansas to score in the half court. So that's my the only analysis I'm capable of offering. I I'll still kind. Of, I kind of like the under. I was just gonna say that. I was gonna piggyback on your assessment, but add also add that I would pick the under on the points. Then again, garbage yeah. time points could always be a factor. That's very low, though. It is, especially compared to the next game we'll talk to in a minute. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would. My heart does say Villanova, but I'm gonna go with Kansas, and for the simple fact of what you just already outlined, they're very thin. 
They're probably going to go with five, maybe six people at best. And yeah. they are a tired team. And they traveling to New Orleans. Granted, they left, I think, yesterday at the airport. when Because mm-hmm. we took them out yesterday. Yeah, I think they, I heard on the radio they left yesterday. Uh, it's a longer commute. And I think it'll be more of a road. It'll be a true road game because Kansas is a little closer. The South really unites behind their college sports. I think it'll be more of a home game for Kansas. And they're ready for the big, the big spots. But... We've seen these number one teams, especially these big programs like Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, uh, Gonzaga, falter in the big games or in the yeah. little games that St. Peter's destroyed uh, somebody early in the round. So Kentucky, t- yeah, Kentucky. So I'll take Kansas and Purdue. That's right, Purdue. Jesus, St. Peter's game. baby. That was the a Cox. great game. <laughs> the Cox did it again. Um, I wish that was an announcement. Remember, the Cox did it again. Back to back upsets. Every time they won, I was saying I was riding the cocks to the uh, the final four. <laughs> um, so on record, uh, you have Villanova. I'll have Kansas, but I would love Villanova to win. Give me so Villanova th- in the finals. I think Villanova on the the way they currently are constructed with the injuries and you know, everybody's banged up a little bit, mm-hmm. and the inexperience of the bench. I think they're a better team than Providence, and Providence put up a really good fight against Kansas on Friday. Um, I didn't see the entire game. We were flipping back and forth. I was primarily watching St. Peter's because that was a game that really mattered for the parlay. Yeah. Because uh, I had Kansas winning, and that was like minus three something. So the only game that really mattered for the parlay was the St. Peter's. So when that ended, I threw on the Kansas game, and they were up by, I think, like four or six, and Providence just hung around. So um, if, if Kansas couldn't run away from Providence, I don't see them really. I mean, Villanova's too well coached, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Jay Wright's awesome. I met him a couple of times at the airport. He's pretty cool. I was going to say, he seems like a really nice guy. He was on Francesca's podcast, which I actually listened to the other day. Um, he, he seems like the most likable and down to earth of all like the big college basketball coaches. Like, I can't stand Coach K. Calipari's fine, but he does have a little arrogance to him. Jay Wright does not yeah. seem like he's arrogant like whatsoever. No. Um, so I, I do like him. And I feel like he's the type of guy that'll get some. Some random dude on Villanova that we, that you and I have certainly never heard of, but like maybe the college basketball fans have. Yeah. Is, gonna, he's going to get eight minutes out of some guy. He's going to come in and drop six points and like make a couple of good defensive plays. They just, um, this is what he talked about on the Francesca's pod. They just train all of their guys to just be the same player. And they're all just like, they're like the Spurs of college basketball. Bring them in, bring them out. It's all yeah. the same. They're going to just cut and paste. Control C, control V. <laughs> <laughs> Um, next game, the uh, the main event, I guess the the featured game of the two, uh, number eight, Carol- North Carolina, which we, I guess, consider a quote-unquote Cinderella story so far, even though it's UNC, for God's sakes. Uh, number eight seeded North Carolina versus number two, Duke. Oh, boy. At Coach K's final potential, another potential final game. Yeah. Every, will, every game <laughs> of course it will come down to this and the last time that these two teams faced off was i believe at cameron indoors or whatever you call it mm-hmm. and north carolina smoked them clean right out the their own yeah. building so that was a bit of a redemption game for uh duke and duke has been lights out since then um rob the line is minus four for duke over under 151 who do we got i like I like a Duke backdoor, and I like the over. Mm. I, th- I think Duke backdoors it by being up by like three with like three seconds left, and then they get fouled and go to the line, hit both free throws, and then Carolina concedes the game. Um, 
I think Duke just has too much momentum right now. Having watched them the last few rounds, I thought they were going to lose to Texas Tech. They didn't do it. Same. I thought they were going to lose to whoever it was they played last round. They didn't do it. Um, although Carolina did a good job of making St. Peter's look human. And granted, they beat the breaks off of a team that was a 15 seed. So, I mean, I'm not going to give them too much credit, but Peters did look really good leading into that. Um, I just think there's too much in Duke's corner right now. Every, every game, people are counting them out. And every week, it's Willoughby's Coach K's final game. And they got smoked on their home floor in Coach K's final regular season home game. So there's a lot There's a lot more riding on Duke's behalf here than there is on Carolina's. Carolina already tamed the beast, so to speak, by beating sure. them a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, although I do think people are counting them out. I think it'll be a competitive game as these games always are. This is the first time they've ever met in the Final Four. In fact, yeah, I think right. this is the first time they've ever met in the tournament. Um, really? So I, I think it'll be competitive for sure. But uh, I think we're likely headed toward a Duke, well, a, a, you know, a big coaching matchup in the final. It's Coach K versus Bill Self or Coach K versus Jay Wright. So one or the other. No matter, what you, no matter what, you don't have North Carolina passing Duke because of Milano. I, I, I just don't think so. I don't know. I, I watch, I'll i be wrong, I'm sure, like I usually am, but who knows? Lift your head up, King. I'm with you. Uh, Duke will uh, get the upset. Well, not really the upset. They'll get redemption, revenge, a revenge game. I think those players will be motivated, and they'll play oh, yeah. hard for Coach Gate, especially knowing, of course, like every other game prior, will it be his last? And how fitting would it be to knock out your rival to get into the finals? And ride Coach K into the finals, basically. And then you get to go play Villanova with five healthy players. Yeah, um, right. I also, I also think the best player left in the tournament is uh, Paolo Bencaro, who is on the Duke Blue Devils. So, mm-hmm. I think he's the best player. I thought he was the best player in the country. A lot of people like that Chet guy, the tall white guy from I think he's Gonzaga probably. Uh. Um, but I, I, Bencaro looks like he could play in the NBA right now. Um, let's see. Fireman Joe says he wants to say Nova UNC, but he but his gut says Duke and Kansas. So there, there you go. go. The goat has spoken. Fuck it. <laughs> so for uh to end the segment, you have Villanova and Duke. Yep. I have Kansas and Duke. And then Fireman Joe. I guess he's basically echoing what I'm saying with his gut. Duke yeah. and Kansas. Uh, the final, I think, is what Monday. Ew. Let me check. I think the yeah, I think the final is Monday. So, um, in your simulation, who do you think wins it all? Damn. Mm, Villanova. Really? So you don't think they're gonna win, but you think they're gonna win it all? <laughs> like I said prior, my heart would love to see Villanova. Um. I think it will be Duke. I think it will be Duke. It it, it writes itself. It's one of these quirky NBA or sports stories that just kind of write themselves and you see it play out in real time. I mean, and then again, if it's Duke and Kansas or Duke and Villanova, whoever beats Duke kind of becomes vilified or (laughs) becomes the villain. Become the villain, yeah. Yeah, automatically. Oh, uh, there's nothing I want to see more than Coach K going out with a little (laughs) frowny face. On his little, his ball sack looking face. I want to see him lose. Um, you know what? Man. <laughs> Give me Kansas. Kansas on uh, Monday. I guarantee there'll be a plus 135 on the money line. There'll be like three and a half point underdogs. I think 
Duke loses to Kansas in the final. I I just I think Paolo is the best player left in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think Kansas wins, which means put all your money on Duke because I've been wrong the entire time. Because <laughs> watch, the, well, you know what'll happen? So the what? first couple of rounds, I said Duke will lose, Duke will lose, Duke will lose. They kept winning. I said, all right, Duke's gonna win it all. They're gonna lose now. So lose right in the final. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna forfeit on Saturday. Everybody's gonna get COVID or something. <laughs> um, so on the record, I'll go. Um, I think Kansas wins on Monday, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pissing myself with laughter watching Coach K frown and frown his way out of the building. <laughs> goes home and beats his kids and we'll hold you to it because i'll talk to uh your significant other have a camera on you win or lose to see what goes on get some depends <laughs> then i'll be pissing myself on the couch <laughs> benny and hazel are gonna be like oh it's okay to piss on the couch now yeah right um, that's doing it <laughs> <laughs> oh man how come you don't yell at him right <laughs> Uh, next uh, sport we're gonna tr- get into a little preview before, obviously the big, uh, the bulk of the episode MLB. Uh, a trade happened. One, one, uh, one that's kind of slid under the radar until I picked it up on the wi- on the wires on uh, Twitter. I can barely talk today. I wish I had a big gulp. What the heck. Pause. Uh, the Chicago White Sox and the Phillies trade talk. Uh, Chicago, the Chicago White Sox acquired Alfier. Adam Hazley, Hazley, from Philadelphia in a trade for a minor league pitcher, McKinley Moore. Now, Rob, this is your sport. I'll defer to you. I get it because of the signing of Nick, and you got uh, Schwarber. Yeah. And you got, obviously, Harper in the outfield, and then the designated DH, obviously, that gives more room for the bench. Yeah. Is Is this a big deal? Is this, like, an okay move? No big deal. What does it mean for the pitching staff and the bench for the Philadelphia Phillies? So I don't think it's a big move, but I also don't think it's a big deal. Um, or I don't think it's not a big deal. Um, I don't want to dive too deep into this. I know I can talk a lot sometimes. Um, <laughs> I, I got to be honest with you, I don't know a thing about McKinley Moore. He was like the 23rd ranked prospect for the White Sox. The thing that is a little puzzling here, however, yeah. is so leading into the season, even after the signings of Nick Castellanos, uh, Kyle Schwarber, and uh I th- they have Harper already, and they they seem kind of dead set on having Verling on the roster. But even with those signings, there was no clear cut center fielder, and it felt like Adam Hazley had a chance to win the job out of camp, especially with Oduble Herrera with the oblique strain. So it, it seems to me that they're going to go with a platoon of Matt Verling against lefties and Mickey Moniak against righties starting the season. And I wouldn't be shocked if they even try working uh, Bryson Stott out in the outfield because he's athletic and he's young and the shortstop and second base and third base positions are seemingly held down for the time being. Um, I, it, it's ultimately in a month from now, we're not even going to notice. Although Hazley, yeah. seventh overall pick back in 2017, I want to say. So he was a top 10 pick and he, he was pretty polished coming out, although he's never hit his, his true potential. He profiles as like a center fielder slash left fielder, probably better in left, but he's, yeah. a, he's a better fielder, I think, at center than anybody the Phillies have currently. Um, I, I would have had him penciled into platooning in center field with Veerling at the beginning of the season, to be honest with you. But I guess they've seen enough out of Moniak and Veerling to uh, to feel confident in the move. However, th- my first thought when I saw this was, all right, so they went over the, uh, the luxury tax number, tax number. Yeah, Neither so of us can speak. Yeah, so <laughs> they're going to get rid of some nothing contracts to try to get it down. So I think the tax for the luxury tax is you pay the tax on the amount that you are over that number. Mm-hmm. not your entire payroll. So they're going to try to incrementally lower the tax as best they can. 
they also have no depth in the minor league. So if they can find a pitcher that they maybe like, I guess this makes sense. Um, but I thought there would be space um, to, to make Hazley work. Uh, they also were in trading him. They, they made an open space on the, uh, the 40 man roster, which I believe will now be occupied by Bryson Stott. Although they could have cut some, he Hazley was not the 40th best player in the organization. He was probably higher than that, but mm-hmm. I guess he was the most tradable contract, I guess, or tradable player. Although I don't know a thing about McKinley Moore, aside from the fact that he's got a, an alliteration for a name. <laughs> they also traded for some other dude I've never heard of. They traded for a reliever from the uh, from the Padres, who's probably going to suck here. So, I, mean, I think it's it goes with uh, coincides with what you said earlier. The luxury tax is trying to get lower, but also if they just signed, if they just traded for a player. I guess it's a low contract. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Adam Hazley is probably like the odd man out, and then. Yeah, and they kind of want to pay him, just like you said. And I've been like, I don't know. I'm, for me, sports you got to have a bench. Basketball, you got to have a bench. You can't just rely on the five. I mean, it'd be great, obviously, but you need that bench. You need that spark. God forbid something happens to any of the outfielders or a struggling or whatever suspension. You need something. And uh, Hazley, like you said, he had a chance to win the position outright, but they feel yeah. like they're going to go a different way. And ironically, we talked about this team making trades because the rumor was, well, Dabromski said he was echoing that he has one more move up in his sleeve. I hope this wasn't it. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. hope this wasn't it. And then it was reported that uh, Baum or Baum was also on the trading block and he's still there. Dabromski, if this is the big move, buddy, I'm not too sure about the season (laughs) because my goodness, that's his definition of a big move. I don't, I don't even know what you can call Nick Castellanos and Schwarber's moves called. But, uh, yeah, again, I think it's a deal. It's not a big deal. It's not a yeah. huge deal, but it's something to keep your eye on. And, uh, yeah, the Phillies are trucking along down at Florida, spring break. Yeah. Um, opening day is in seven days, buddy. How I'm do you gonna, feel? So uh, just to put a bow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chalk the, uh, the Hazley deal up. I'm going to classify that as like a paperwork deal. Yeah. Because it's just I don't know I don't know, I don't know it's not a big factor but he'll he'll probably play right field for the White Sox I believe it was uh, Andrew Vaughn just got hurt one of the right field options so they are they needed an extra uh, fielder I wouldn't be shocked if the White Sox approached the Phillies but there was a rumor um, Jim Salisbury I almost knocked down my microphone again Jim <laughs> Salisbury made mention that the Phillies were seemingly uh, showcasing Adam Hazley so I guess whatever current regime there is whatever Joe Girardi's talent evaluators do aside from like sit around and look at stats from five years ago. <laughs> they just decided that Hazley was not a guy they wanted to keep around. So um, it is what it is, but hey, whatever. It's a win-win uh, Embiid, situation. Embiid is on pace for 20 and 10 at halftime, by the way. He had Love 11 it. and 6 in the first quarter. Let's, let's go. To answer your question, I'm, I'm – uh, I'm, so baseball has like this romantic feeling about opening day that other sports just don't. Like um, even football with the opening kickoff, and they do a great job at the Thursday game. Every year it's a good one, um, aside from, I guess, two years ago. Yeah. But they, they do a very good job of like promoting the sport. And even basketball has a little bit of fun behind it. But baseball just has like that romantic feeling about opening day. Like you, you, There's something different about baseball opening day. And there's always optimism and hope. And I think that is definitely shared in, in our city right now, or uh, your de facto city right now as well. <laughs> but um, yeah. it, here there's a little bit more hope and optimism than in years past. Now, albeit cautious, because we just know we'll be let down at some point, but yeah, baseball just has that feeling to it. So I, I'm, 
I'm just happy. I like opening day. How about you? Uh, I'm indifferent. Like I don't really follow the sport, but it's nice to have baseball back. Like it's you know, especially opening day. Opening day does have that nostalgia feel. Like, all right, let's go. This is a make or break the season. Game. If you lose the first game, it's like all right, the season's over. And then you win the next one. All right, well, baby, we're going one sixty one and one. Whatever it is now, of what they knocked out, what twenty games. No, they're playing all 162. Really? I thought they would delete, knocked out the first two series. So the thought was, so I think they were going to. They were going to cancel the first six games, and they wound up salvaging the second series, which is why we don't have an, an ESPN game to start the year. But um, uh, yeah, we do. I think I think they do. I think it's uh, Atlanta. The oh, is it? Well, well they, I think. It, usually it's the Sunday before the or like the first day, of the, or the first weekend. You get a game like like the, there's a three o'clock game on ESPN. They do like a triple header on opening day, and then they have like a bunch of crap over the weekend. And then the Sunday night game is like your bow on the weekend. The Phillies had that a couple of years ago when they got Harper. The Sunday night came the only game on all eyes on Harper. Harper, it's a bomb into the 25-degree night. <laughs> we were there. It was a great game. McCutcheon homered. It was a fun game. So th- awesome. there's a, Sunday night baseball does not have the same feel to it, again, as um, you know Friday night NBA, Monday night football, things like that. But I always enjoy it. I love Sunday night baseball, and I love when your team is the only one everybody's watching. Yeah. Except the Phillies always seem to lose those games. Well, for me, when uh, the Phillies would be on cable, for whatever reason, any primetime game for the the Phillies, it'd be blackout, so I couldn't uh, even see it. The oh, only game on primetime, I can't watch it because it's blacked out. It sucked. Yeah, you got to get like the the apps that you can illegally stream on. I can't. Um, I would never. MLB TV, one of my friends has MLB TV and he doesn't have cable, so he can't watch the Phillies unless he's like outside of like Philly, like outside of PA, Jersey, Delaware, Ohio. Like there's like a bunch of states you can't watch the Phillies in. You can do the VPN though. Okay. I so I downloaded an app that I think Fireman Joe told me to get. It's called Dofu Sports. Um, and you can pretty much stream any game you want and you can cast it to your television. So if you have a smart TV, it's got a little button in the corner, you can cast whatever it is. And uh, the yes, NBA yes, games. Yes. So the NBA games are like the league pass games. Mm-hmm. So instead of seeing commercials for Budweiser and like K Jewelers and stuff, you see what's going on in the arena. Oh yeah. So I was watching the, the Trailblazers game, I think, the other night. Uh-huh. And some dude won fifty grand because he had a golf ball from one end of the court to the other through a hole. <laughs> oh so you can see so like you see Franklin coming out doing the like the t shirt toss and stuff. Yeah. And you see the uh, the Asian lady that sits on the chair and throws the bowls on her head. So you can see like <laughs> halftime shows and stuff, which is pretty neat. I wonder if it's the same for MLB. My guess is it's probably just like somebody screen recording the uh, the MLB TV stuff mm. where it's just uh, when it's a commercial, it just says commercial in progress or something on TV. Ah. I would say the, like the camera panning to the the crowd yeah, <laughs> and just see some someone yawning. Fat dude eating like cracker <laughs> A glizzy. <jacks>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, opening day is next week, next Thursday. Um before prior to recording, you saw the schedule and you were highly upset that it, there's a one o'clock game on a Thursday. Um, yeah, what, what, people, what, what about us that have, what about we who have jobs? What are we yes. supposed to do? Well, I'm off. Are we chopped I'm liver? I'm off on Thursday. But uh, okay. Yeah. Congratulations. You're fucking off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ironically, Phillies don't even man, play on Thursday. It's opening day. The Phillies don't even have a game. I know. Like well, I'm on Thursday, games. Friday. So I do want, I, I, oh, I might go. Should Ooh, I go to the Friday? Am I off on Friday? Yeah. Oh, hold up. Is the BA Turnpike going to Citizens Bank Park opening day? Uh, on a Friday? I don't think I can, actually. Ah, terrible. Terrible. Well, I'll be hating it on Sunday because that's when 
the Oakland A's come to my job and pack all their heavy shit to fly out. I hope they their next series is in New York. They just bust ninety percent of that shit. Please. Yeah, they play the Mets after here, don't they? Let's fucking go. They always play the Mets. I feel like. Please. Uh, let me double. The check worst part of my about my job is just phenomenal. The worst part about my job. Oh, they play the, here against the Mets. Actually, I'm sorry. Oh, so man. you got you got Mad Max coming to town with his two different colored eyes. You got Degrom coming to town. You got. Uh, so what are the Oakland A's calling? Uh, probably Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday, right? Going where? Oh, well, oh, where do they go? Yeah, they leave on Monday. I would imagine, or Sunday, probably after the game. Yeah, they do. Uh, where do they go? They probably have off on Monday. Oh, be terrible. Uh, the Athletics. Uh, yeah, they, it's so Wait. weird seeing Guardians. That's such a weird name. <laughs> Please tell me they're going to Washington. If it's Miami, days. I've just two cry. days off. Oh, I'm on the wrong week. I'm looking at spring training. Oh my goodness. Oh, uh, Joel, we're all in. It's the oh, spring training for everybody. They go to Tampa. Oh, death. Take on the Rays. They go inside in Tampa, like we mentioned last episode. Dude, you're telling me that this fucking West Coast team is going to be a heavy flight coming to Philadelphia to play three games and then go to Florida. This sucks. If it makes you feel any better, I'm I'm hoping that they just leave Ramon Laureano and Frankie Montes in Philly, so it's two fewer players you have to pack the crap for. Dude, I might quit my job right. If it makes you feel any better, rosters are bigger too to start the season. I'm pretty sure they're carrying Fuck 26 you. to 28 oh guys. So wait till September when there's 40 man rosters, or they did away with that. I think it's 30 man rosters in September. But I'm you get the it. point. I'm already hating it. I got um, a new job. How do we oh, yeah. feel about the opening day games here? We have a we have a pretty good set of games. So again, I don't believe these were the original planned games, however. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um we do have a pretty good set of opening day games. Uh I'm not a fan of the Red Sox Yankees. To me, it's boring. I can give a shit about well, these two. Garrett Cole and Chris Sale or Garrett Cole and Nate Evaldi is gonna be a fun matchup. It's a matchup, it's a rematch of the AL wildcard game a year ago where Cole got his butt kicked by the Red Sox and Evaldi came out and just guns a blazing and blew the piss out of the uh the Yankees. He became yep. the ace. Avaldi was phenomenal last year, my friend. He oh was, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, Chris Sale he's, coming he's starting. I don't know. It's either him or Chris Sale. I don't know who it'll be though. Oh, that'd be funny to have Evaldi. Have him scare shitless out there. But it's a good chance for them to um, right the wrong. To, yeah, to get a little bit of like a measure of revenge. Because um, I mean, the second game of that series is going to suck. Maybe Jordan Montgomery and like Nick Pavetta. I mean, they don't have um, Gary Sanchez so. Yeah, but Josh Donaldson. Uh, so Brewers Cubs will be fun. You get to see uh, probably Corbin Burns and Marcus. Um, no, it actually won't be Stroman. It'll be Kyle Hendricks probably. Uh, Burns, yeah, Burns who stole Zach Wheeler's Cy Young Award last year. The Brewers are fun. They have McCutcheon now. The Cubs signed uh, Seiya Suzuki um, right out of Japan. They they have a good team. It's like a lot of division fun. games too. Now the next one's interesting. Very interesting. Yes, and you did a good job pointing this out. Yes. So the Mets go to Washington to take on the Nats. Um, so Mad Max makes his return to Washington pretty immediately. I don't think it would you think it'll be booed? <sighs> nah. They want to chip with him, right? So I would argue he's the best free agent signing in the history of baseball. Yeah. For the production they got from him. I mean, I understand Bonds Any going team. to the Giants is a big deal. So there's a lot of I mean, there's probably a lot of A Rod. Well, A-Rod was a trade. I don't know. There's a lot of free agents that have changed teams and done well. But Mad Max was there for six and a half years, and he was elite every single year except for maybe half of one. Um, Won the title with him. They got a big haul when they traded him and Trey Turner. 
Uh, he was always gracious to the team. I think he gets a standing ovation. And right, yeah, he gets a standing so. ovation. Unless he's wrong. unless until then and now he said something flagrant about the uh, the Nats, he'll get booed. Otherwise, he'll get a standing ovation. I, I would agree. And Degrom coming back would be interesting. I don't know who the Nats opening day starter is though. They have it as uh, undecided. Might be but Strasburg, Degrom but is starting. I don't think he's ready. Degrom yeah, will start though. Must be Anibal Sanchez or something. Dude, I mean, Rich. If Richard was on, he would be talking our heads off about the Mets. But Looks remember like when Patrick they had, Corbin. remember when they had Thor. They have uh, Degrom. They have the other guy who was Matt like Harvey. the dark Matt Harvey, and another Matt Harvey one. who was a lot of fun to watch in his heyday. He had a very short prime, but man, was he awesome! Yeah, the Mets I had that Matt starting Harvey. pitching. That was just deadly from one through five, and it was like Steven Matz, and they had Zach Wheeler, and Bartolo Colon was there for a little bit. That team was good. There's a reason they went to the World Series. That pitching staff was legit. Elite. And their, their bullpen was phenomenal too, with Familia and um, uh, only Familia. Um, Mariners the- Twins. We get to see who is the Twins ace. I think Kenta Maeda probably will be the opening day starter for them. Mariners signing Robbie Ray. Um, so the American League. Cy Young Award winner changing teams going to the Mariners. That's a big fun, pickup. Fun pickup for them. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, they were um, the hottest team in baseball at the end of the season. I mean, mate, that was from my understanding. I don't know. You might have to disagree because you watch, you follow it more intently. But I remember that they were trying to get into the playoffs and then they missed it by a game or two. That was yeah, that was a great story. Yeah, they they're awesome and they deserve their fan base. So actually, we got to hope they don't. Because if they get in and the Phillies don't, the Phillies will have the longest uh, drought in Major League Baseball. I'll take Seattle. That. Seattle, I think, has the longest drought in America in North America now that the the what's Sonic it called made it. The um, <laughs> the Browns made it two years ago. Um, so Minnesota okay. was the was uh, the fifth place team in the American League Central last year. Five out Good of five. Good Lord, Jesus Christ! So four out of the five teams in the AL East last year had ninety wins, and then Baltimore at fifty two. Um, they finished 48 games back in the division. So Minnesota, 73 and 89 last year. I forgot they signed Sonny Gray or traded for him or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I guess he'll be the opening day starter. He'll face um, Robbie Ray. Uh, of course, Correa now on the, the Twins. They got Gary Sanchez. So uh, fun. And Gio Rochella. I think they're going to make some noise this year. Um, and Seattle coming off a very good um, a very good finish of last year. The Guardians taking on the Royals. Zach Greinke, did you see his response to uh, the question about how he feels about being the opening day starter for the Royals? No, I did not. Um, I guess... Uh, making his return, though. I guess I feel about as, uh, as excited as I do right now is basically what he said. So, All right, Kawhi. Mr. Socially Awkward can't answer a question. The Guardians... If he, uh, if he had a laugh like Kawhi, it would have been gold. He's funny. He um, he got ejected from a game and he went out and sat in the, in the crowd at one time. Um <laughs> The Guardians, I'm going to assume that it'll be Shane Bieber that starts the game for them on opening day. He's the former Cy Young Award winner. I had He's Batista. a really, really good pitcher. What was that? Oops. I had Batista starting, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy, but I think the wrong Guardians is what I'm <laughs> talking about. Um, Give me what I want. Yeah, right. That's the greatest line ever. Um, it's probably the end is the debut, Cleveland Guardians. And this lives rent-free in my head, but once the name change happened, Shortly after the uh, Cleveland in uh, Cleveland Guardians Oops. MLB shop sign was put up and it quickly fell. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was like an omen for the team. I was like, all right, they're not going anywhere now, but they might surprise someone. It'd be good to see them. 
Um, what else? for three on first basket so far. Oh, that's, I'm not even looking at mine. Uh, Bruce Pirates, Brown and uh, Kevin Herter hit. Of course. Pirates uh, head down to St. Louis, another division game. Uh, intriguing. I didn't know this. This flew under the radar. Albert Pujols returns yeah. with the Cardinals, and he has said that this is his last season. So he's going out with this team. Did you see the video of him? Did you see the video of him walking on the field the other day? No. You would think he was one of their fathers. Yeah. He uh, <laughs> he just looks like someone's uncle walking on the field. Uh, I think it's awesome. Um, it's, Nostalgia, uh, right? It just looks right, doesn't it? It feels right, yeah. Yeah, it does feel right too. It's kind of cool. and it's not like a I'm going to try and re, you know one game with my team. No, it's he's playing the season with a team that basically made him, and he made them in a way. So I, I have a feeling that he's going to be better than people think. Like oh, yeah. he, his numbers last year against lefties were really good. He can still hit against lefties. So I think if they DH him against left-handed pitching, he's got a, uh, he's got a, a role on that team. And I think he can help them. And they're trying to make the playoffs. Um, Dude, good pitch. It's um, it could be the final year we ever, well, it's definitely gonna be the final year. We see the three of them together. Cause Yadier Molina, I believe is going to retire too. I was just going to say and, that. Um, Adam Wainwright. There's a picture of all three of them walking on the field the other day. Yeah. And it, it, there's a, and it's side by side with them in like Oh six. And it's uh, it's very cool. It's rare that you see two guys, one guy really, but two guys with between Wainwright and Molina stay on the same team that long, and really never even threaten to leave. Like there was never a time where we were like, oh, is, is Wainwright going to go sign with the with the A's or is Molina going to get traded? No, they just like stayed there for twenty years. It's pretty wild. The cornerstones of that uh, organization yeah. and that team basically built the young uh, talent that came out of there. And they've gone down. They've gone on to do great things. David Freeze was electric in one of those playoff runs. Surprised uh, Matt they Carpenter have, is he still yeah, on the Matt team? Good. Um, I believe he's a free agent. He was a third um, baseman, right? Third, second, you know, a little bit of first. A little bit of utility man for sure. Um, yeah, he, he was fun. They had um, the Chase first Edmonds, go at it. Yeah, or, yeah, the not Chase Jim Edmonds. Edmonds. Jim yeah, Edmonds. The, the first, the first go around, they had uh, they had a fun team. Jim Edmonds, they had David Eckstein, uh, Chris Carpenter. And yeah, it's sure. amazing that team only won twice as a, as a core. You people talk about them like they're the Patriots of the uh, of Major League Baseball during that time frame, but they really weren't. Yeah, and just good pitching is all that all that it took. And it they were the pitching. this is a Jeopardy question. They were the team that lost to the Boston Red Sox, I believe, twice. Oh, they really? lost in 04 and in 2013. I remember the 04 because like that was a big thing. Like they just slayed the beast in uh, the they Yankees. Didn't even, they didn't even put up a fight in that series. That, the, then, the only game that it looked like they had a chance to win was game three, and then their pitcher got caught. I guess this won't happen anymore because the pitcher on the base path, it was Jeff Supon rounding third on a ground ball to, I believe, short, and they picked him off at third base. So, um, <laughs> And that was their last chance. They felt like they had a chance to win that series. But Pujols was terrible that series. Evans was terrible that series. Uh, the only guys that were any good were Renteria and um, – Edgar Renteria, and, wow, and uh, Tony Womack. Yeah, that, that they, Tony they, put Womack, no they put up no fight that series. I'm old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jesus, these names. They actually they had Larry Walker, I think, for that little run too. The former Rocky, lots of lots of fun names. Supon, Wainwright, uh, Chris Carpenter. You remember Lou Gehrig? Oh, no, I'm who? I'm joking. Oh, he's the guy. <laughs> they, it's crazy how he also. What a coincidence! His name is Lou Gehrig, and he died from Lou Gehrig's disease. Crazy. It's like they should have named it after him. How'd they know? All right. Um, (laughs) Next game, uh, I believe is the primetime game, the first 8 o'clock game, and it's another East Coast game. It's the Reds without Nick Castellanos heading down to Atlanta 
It's the Reds without a lot of guys. Without Jesse Winker and without Sonny Gray. Um, Braves are going to wipe the floor with them. That's going to be a fun game for them. I think Matt Olson goes deep. Um, if I can bet that prop right now, I would. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, how do you feel about, uh, you know, the Braves season now without the Freeman drama? You got Matt Olson there. Do you think they have a good chance to win the division again? Or do you have the Phillies giving them a run for their money and possibly overtaking the division? Oh, I think the Braves are better this year than they were last year. Oh, Jesus. They're getting Acuna back. They replaced Freeman with Olsen. They basically replaced um, Jock Peterson and um, Jorge Soler with Eddie Rosario, who's not as good of a player, but they're replacing with Bacuna and him. Yeah. And they're getting um, the, the pitcher back with the next guy's name. Soroka is coming back. And they still have Charlie Moore. They have a really good team, and I think they're better than they were last year. So I think the Braves, it's the Braves division until someone takes it from them. And it's like they um, have they have the swag and confidence now. They are champs. Oh yeah. They just know. And you got to go through them. You still you still get the hangover. Don't get me wrong. There's only oh, going to yeah. be a championship hangover. The only team that really never um, suffered from it was the Patriots and the um, the the Warriors. But the Warriors were, I think they're the outlier. I Most the, teams suffer from that uh, that hangover. I think the worst team, the only team who suffered the worst hangover from winning a championship, are the Dallas Cowboys. They're still living in the '90s. <laughs> oh, was that a shot? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, back-to-back West Coast games, uh, yep. you have the Strohs, the evil, the most hated team, I guess, still in the in the league. The Houston Astros taking on the Los Angeles Angels. Someone's banging on the trash can in my, in my office. Um. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, you're going you're gonna to laugh at me when I say this, but I ordered um, from Amazon. I got Houston Astros decals coming. I got them for 13 bucks, and I'm going to put them on the trash can in my man cave. <laughs> you think i'm joking (laughs) this is what adults do with adult money my friend we buy mike francesa rookie cards and we buy decals to put on your trash and lose out to a dollar on a signed one (laughs) i would have i would have got i would have gone an extra step further i would have had decals on my trash can outside so when i take out the trash let people know i'm a baseball fan a a, b the Put a big dent in the trash can, like it just smacked it on someone's head. Actually, um, I would have the astral. I would have two. I have, how many trash cans do you have? Two and two. then one recycle, uh, or one and one. We, we have three, tra- two trash cans. So it's one recycle, one not right. Uh, one recycle, two trash cans. All right, so the two trash cans I would have Astros and Ben Simmons, and Oop. then yeah, right, and then recycle. Who could? Who would? Who would be Trevor the Ariza? Because he's been on every team in the NBA. <laughs> what a whore. All right. Yeah, no, why not? <laughs> Everybody gets a turn. Um, <laughs> you think this is finally the year that the Angels make the playoffs? So they have... Please, I hope In so. addition to Otani and Trout, they have David Fletcher there. They have Justin Upton. They signed Noah Syndergaard. They're trying their best. They have Archie Bradley they brought in. They yeah. Jared Walsh, he looks like a good player. They have... If Joe Adele can take the step forward, I think they have a good team. Are they finally going to get in? I Will think they be the playoff, healthy, though? That's the question. And and I think Trout is hurt right now. Trout is coming off the injury. He looks fine coming into spring training. I think the question is, so the new playoff format, I think, makes it easier for teams to make the playoffs. I mean, Christ, the, the Marlins made it two years ago. So I believe it's the first two teams in each division, correct, that make the playoffs? And it's... No. I thought it was I thought it was the first two teams in every division. That you get... Uh, you, the Phillies were in the second... Well, not last year. They're as oh, and now. this year you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, possibly. I got to take a look at the playoff form. I'm pretty sure it's one and two. 
Um, I mean, I would hope so for the Angels' sake. Like, I know my child's probably one of the greatest baseball players, but for me, as a casual fan, I don't really don't know who he is. I only know because he's from Violent, South Jersey, and he's a uh, and he's an Eagles fan. And I heard that he's great, but I've never seen him play. Don't know really what the hype's all about. G. He's he's the best baseball player of our generation, and it's not even close. And that's the thing, and that's how sad it is. He's out there, West Coast, just put away. Not because he doesn't do any marketing as well. He he just plays baseball. No, and that's the problem with baseball is they don't market their stars. So the first, second, and third seeds are all going to be division winners in order of their record. Mm-hmm. Four, five, and six are going to be the three best teams that aren't division winners. So it could be three teams from the same. You can have four teams from the same division. Make it's not just two from every division. So, um, uh, so the, if the Angels are one of the six best teams in the AL, then there's a chance they'll make it. But I don't know. So it's going to be tough. And the Astros. Astros always know how to regroup. Um, they didn't Lost keep Correa. Correa. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't really. He's all they lost. I mean, they lost Springer the year prior, and they lost Correa this year, and they also lost Granky. Verlander's back healthy, though. We'll see how he looks. I would imagine he gets to start that night. Um, Otani is the opening day starter for the Angels. But the Angels, if Syndergaard stays healthy, they have two aces. Yeah. And that's that's enormous in the American League where hitting it. Well, I guess hitting now is pretty even because of the DH everywhere. But hitting has always been like the calling card of the American League. So the Angels, I'm pulling for. If, if, if the Phillies don't Dang. get in, I'm pulling for the Mariners and the Angels to get in. So let's just hope one of those teams gets in. I can't wait to hear Mike Francesco's podcast after this game. After Noah Syndergaard plays and see uh, what he thinks about it. Oh, that's right. Uh, last ball. game on the docket for next Thursday, Padres and Diamondbacks. Fernando Tatis is out. The Padres are looking at Brian Reynolds from the uh, the Pirates. They you know they still have a bunch of players on the team, so I mean, who knows what they'll do. But Padres feel like that they missed the playoffs last year after making it the previous year, and the Padres were the most overhyped team I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, they were pretty... They God, yeah, let's, yeah. Then they had the outburst with uh, Tatis and uh, Machado. Name. Yeah, Machado. I thought that I thought they needed that though, and they could use another one of those right about. But now. they fell off after that because they yeah. they were one of the hottest teams in baseball, and then something happened that second half, and it just like did not click and never yeah. recovered. I and, think, yeah, honestly, I think it just something didn't. It just didn't work. And I did see during this uh, the prep that they can, the Padres will hand you Darvish. The starting pitch, the starting odds for opening night. You Darvish so. is one of the nastiest pitchers that people don't acknowledge. Uh, people, anybody in a baseball circle will tell you he's nasty, but he his name doesn't get brought up the same as you bring up a guy like Degrom or any of those guys. He's not as good as those guys, but he mixes really? his pitches so well. I remember when he was and in he, Texas. Oh, and he's get still that good. He, he's still good. Him and Cole Hamels, I believe. Yeah, that, he he got blown up when he was a Dodger because the Astros were stealing his signs, obviously. But when he went to the yeah. Cubs, he was pretty good. And then when he went to um, the Diamond, or not Diamond, at the Padres, I thought he did. I had him in fantasy last year, and he was very good for me. He was hurt, though. And uh, lastly, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the Phillies. They do not play on Thursday, but they do host the Oakland Athletics on Friday. A 3 o'clock uh, slated game. What do you think the projected starting lineup is? She kind of bills as she pay that she can fucking slam doors like that. Um <laughs> What was your question? <laughs> the starting lineup for the Phillies. Um, so, so you have a DH. So I, I think Schwarber DH. So I, I think I have it kind of planned out in my head. I think Schwarber DH is in and leads off. I think they're mm-hmm. going to go with Hoskins too at first base. Really? I think Harper, Harper hits third in right field. Castellanos plays left field and bats fourth. 
I think the five hitter will be Real Muto behind the plate. I think six is going to be Segura. Seven will be Didi. Eight will be um, either Stott or Bohm. And then nine will be whoever plays center field, whether it's Veerling or Moniak. But I think to start the year, I think you see Schwarber and uh, DH and then uh, Castellanos will play. I do think you're going to see them bounce a little bit, but, you know, kind of bounce back and forth a little bit. Castellanos also has um, experience in right field. So um, I think the Phillies are going to use the DH primarily as those two guys yeah. and Hoskins. But I think you're going to see days where they give Harper a blow and have him DH and then they'll move Castellanos to right. Their defense will suffer, but you got to hope you're playing against a bad team, I guess. Do you also think that uh... – Whenever they get Herrera back, do you think they'll put uh, Nick at third base from time to time? Because he did have some reps during spring training at third base. I, or you would just not move him? Like you were like, I, no, he stays in the outfield or DH. I personally wouldn't, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if they did it. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I would. It's been, a, I think, a few years since Castellanos played third base, and he's a little big. So he, third basemen tend to not be you know six five or whatever he is. Yeah. I don't think he'll do it, but I mean, in a pinch, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, they played Carlos Santana at third base for crazy. Jesus. I mean, Hoskins <laughs> played a full season and left, so anything's possible. Anything's possible. All right, next, the NFL. We'll uh, breeze through this real quick. Uh, Bruce Arians uh, shockingly resigned uh, two days ago or yesterday, yeah. and he passes off the job to defensive coordinator Todd Bowles as uh, Arians moves into the Tampa Bay front office. Uh, according to an ESPN article contributed by Jenna Lane, quote, a family played a big part in his decision, and there was, quote, no better time than right now to make the move, Arians said. Also another quote, uh, it was always his dream to hand a head coaching job to a member of his staff, and the reports of friction between himself and Tom Brady as couldn't be couldn't be further from the truth, excuse me, uh, end quote. Uh, Arians ended his uh, three-year tenure with the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, as 31-18, and 18, a .633 uh, percentage, which is the highest winning percentage in Tampa Bay history, Tampa Bay Bucks history. Uh, Todd Bowles will get his second head coaching job. Previously held uh, the Jets head coach. Remember those days? Woo! Yeah, Back in uh, a fail there. Yeah, 2015-2018 season. He going, always looked confused. <laughs> going 24-40. and 40. Uh, He also interim uh, head coach in Miami in the 2011 season. Uh, I have to go back to the Mike Francesca days, and I know he must have roasted that Jets team for religiously for those three years. Yeah, that's, that's probably why he retired twice. Yeah, right. And uh, Arians, when speaking on uh, Bowles' second chance, he said it was, quote, long overdue. I agree. Uh, what do you think of all of this? Like, do you think there was anything really between the decision of Tom Brady coming back? Uh, do you think Todd Bowles? Obviously, we I agreed as well. Long overdue, but do you think he's the guy, a defensive-minded coach, to ride this team in? Um, I think they would have given it to Leftwich had Bowles not been older. Because I think Arians probably gave it to Bowles because, or probably suggested giving it to Bowles because of Bowles, um, like just his experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also, I, they're probably going to lose Leftwich to another team at some point, be a head coach somewhere. I think Arians giving it to Bowles is a cool, cool gesture because it's better than Bowles leaving and becoming a head coach for some bum team like the Texans or something. He's in a situation where he can succeed, unlike yeah. the Jets job where he took it. No, he he left. Where was it? Where did he leave the um, Eagle? 
He was with the Cardinals, I think, and then he went to the Jets. I, w- I think that's because he, he worked, I'm pretty sure he worked for Arians in uh, Arizona. Yes, yes. Uh, yes he yes. took the Jets job, and that was destined to fail. He never had a quarterback, so um, I'm excited to see how he does here. I mean, I don't know if the changing the coach really does anything because the team is still really good. They yeah. lost a couple of linemen, which I think is going to hurt them. And I don't think Gronk has officially gone back either, right? Uh, I would have to look at it later, but I think but, I mean, he might come back, but very late. Like, most you know, of the team OTAs. is still there. The, um, yeah. Who's the safety? I think it's Carlton Davis resigned. They brought back uh, Godwin. They they brought in Russell Gage. The team's going to be good no matter they what. They still have Evans. Yeah, um, they lost OJ Howard, but and they also lost um, Alex Kappa. They also uh, lost uh, the other guy, Ronald. Some, someone else retired. The um, running back, yeah, Ronald, Ronald Jones. Was it, Ali Mar- was it Ali Marpeth that retired? One of the linemen retired. Um, I got to check. I don't think it was Jensen. I think it was Marpet. Somebody retired on their, their team. Not sure. Um, um, but yeah, Ali, Ali, Ali Marpet retired. He was a right guard. Um, so, But either way, they're, they're, I, I think it's a cool gesture. I think it, uh, Arians, it's probably best for his health to be in the, uh, the press box. That team was beat red every game. Um, yeah. He had to be his blood pressure had to be through the roof. For um, sure. And he's also a big family person. He I've saw an interview with him the one time. I think I might have sent it to you, where mm-hmm. he said, if you ever miss your children's recitals, games, anything, I'm not going to be happy with you. There's plenty of time to come to work and do whatever. The office is always open. Go be with your kids. And I think he's also taking that advice too. So that's pretty cool. Uh big ups to uh Todd Bowles. All luck in his uh coaching his second year as a uh, head coach in the National Football League. Yes. But uh hope you lose when the Eagles come to town or yeah. vice versa. So take that. Uh next on the docket up, uh, Bobby Wagner. Uh Shefty reports that the Pro Bowler signs a five year, fifty million dollar contract with the Los Angeles Rams. Essentially could replacing be, Von Miller on the uh defense. Could be worth up to sixty five million dollars with incentives and all these other things. So Man, the the league is just signing off on all these trades to the West, and the West is stacked. Yeah, yeah, on that's both part of the country. The the country is going to go into like a going to become imbalanced. <laughs> like it's going to turn on its side. Um, the rich get richer. Oh, um, whatever. Yeah, right. Just another uh, good player going and watch there. the Colts win it all. Uh, and be just <laughs> narrowly missed twenty and ten. He's got eighteen and nine at halftime. Let's go. Let's call that the other uh, Tobias special. <laughs> but he usually well, Tobias gets a, that in a game. Yeah, he gets it in a full game. <laughs> and V gets it in half. What, what do we? Uh, I'm gonna guess Harden's two for eleven, one for six on threes. What do you think? <sighs> no, I think he's perfect all over. Uh, three for seven, two for four. That's uh, that's close enough. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, Bobby Wagner basically chooses his destination out west, and uh, I believe he faces the Seattle Seahawks. Right, same division, twice a year. Um, next, uh, Lamar Jackson. He's in the news. Uh, Jackson wants to end all speculation that he's looking to leave the Ravens with a recent tweet. Amidst all ne- stalled negotiations on a long-term deal where Jackson has shown no interest in, in engaging in contract extension talks. And I also read that since the Deshaun Watson deal, it kind of really put a damper on his trade talks because now you see what the market is for Deshaun Watson and where he falls and how much he deserve, he thinks he deserves to get and what the organization is willing to pay him. Um, the tweet goes as this, quote, I love my Ravens. I don't know who the hell putting that false narrative out that I'm leaving. Thoughts about leaving. Stop trying to read my mind. That was rough to read. Uh, with a right. eye emoji. 
Yeah, that was rough to me. Hey, man, <laughs> that was rough. There were some. You said a couple of words I didn't even see here. Um, <laughs> hey, man, I'm reading what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, this um, is what happens when you don't have punctuation. After that tweet, they may as well send him back to college. Um, you think he leaves? I think anytime this happens, the player leaves. How many times did Kyrie Irving say, I'm never going anywhere? And he gets in, he leaves the next offseason. That's a, um, so is for Harden. Um, Kyler Murray, I thought he was good as gone, but he's back, sort of. I could see them swapping places next offseason. That'd be nice. Um, I don't, I don't put in really too much uh, attention to this one. Yeah, it's I just, think he stays. I think he stays. Yeah. But wouldn't be surprised. Baltimore, they need quarterback, and they got probably one of the best quarterbacks there in Lamar Jackson. Yeah, they're going to lock him up. I think he'll be there like what, like a seven-year extension, like $240 million or something like that. Then the, again, the way the money's growing right now. Yeah. Then again, if any team has shown uh, that you can win a Super Bowl without a quarterback, it is the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, Trent Christ, yeah. They, they, and Joe they, can with, they can do it with that Huntley kid. Um, yeah. It, yeah, Dilfer and Flacco. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, you're, you're completely right. That's a good point. <laughs> and, uh, Harbaugh, and Harbaugh was one of the coaches for one of those years too. So mm-hmm. Harbaugh won it with Flacco. Yeah. Still questioning to this day if he's elite. <laughs> uh, next one, last one. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins, New Orleans safety, uh, announced his retirement today after 13-year career. Uh, best wishes to Malcolm Jenkins. He got us a, a bowl here in Philadelphia. Forever loved. And he tattooed, uh, what's his name, Brandon Cooks <laughs> on that one it's, play. You know what's crazy about guys like Jenkins and Sproles? Yeah. I did not realize how long of their career they were here. Like Sproles, I'm pretty sure he was an Eagle for more than he was a, a, um, a, charger. a charger or a Saint. And I'm pretty sure that um, had Jenkins not gone back to New Orleans, he would have spent more years here than he did in New Orleans, which is crazy because I always yeah. think of Malcolm Jenkins as a Saint. Same. But, and I remember um, yeah. Sproles as a as a charger. He wanted the thing is he was young and he wanted more of the carries, but LT was like Navi. Yeah. So that, yeah, and then he went to the Saints, and then he was a Saint, he was on the Saints the year they beat the Eagles in the playoffs too. So I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, Malcolm Jenkins, one of those guys that'll probably be lost in lost in time, you know, ten years down the road. Oh, that's right, Malcolm Jenkins. <laughs> but a, uh, a very solid player all his entire oh, yeah, career. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's crazy. What's up? I'm sorry. So uh, after the 13 season, when the Eagles desperately needed a safety, they had Kurt Coleman and um, oh, uh, Nate Allen. Everybody wanted Jairus Bird, and who was the other guy? T.J. Ward, I think, was the other guy. I think and the so. Eagles signed neither of them, and they signed Malcolm Jenkins. And we're like, oh, Christ, they got like the fifth best guy. He was probably the best free agent signing this franchise has had in our lifetime. Him and Alshon might have been the two best. I guess Foles, if you want to count him. but Foles, bro. <laughs> but, I mean, Jenkins, for, what, for when they got him and kind of how they acquired him, I think he's one of the best free agent signings in the history of the city. I would agree with that. He basically established that defense. I mean, he would give up the big plays because he would be in the box, but he would have that defense on alert when he's out on the field. He, he, he played was surely every, missed. He played like every non-offensive snap that the Eagles asked him, like that the Eagles had in the years that he was here. Yeah, like I mean, every he, season, played 100 percent of the defensive snaps, played the special team snaps, played kick coverage. Yeah, he was awesome. He was like a true Iron Man here, and he was a great leader. And it's a shame it ended the way it did with them not wanting to pay him. Yeah. Wound up being the right decision because he was no good for the Saints, but um, still, I think it made more sense to have him here than not. Yeah, especially given now we got Darius uh, Darius Slay, and 
that's turning out to be a pretty good pickup as well. Darius Slay and his dumb tweets. <laughs> anybody, anybody that thinks Kobe's the best player of all time is probably brain dead. How dare you? Um, he's one of the best players, yes. One of, not the. Not the. Slay thinks he's the GOAT. Oh, Jesus Christ. Never mind. Yep. Um, next, uh, NBA, a quick note. I just saw this. I thought it was fascinating. I want to get your take on it. The Toronto uh, Raptors. Uh, Canada still has the heavy vaccination rule in play. So if you're not vaxxed, you can't play. Um, there is circulation going on in the league that some of these players are not vaxxed and they will be missing in action when these teams travel to Toronto. So there's a rumor that two sixes are not, and they yeah. won't tell us who. We know it. We know Embiid has, we know uh, Harris has, and we know Thigh will have it just based on reports that have been written. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure Harden has it because Harden was able to play in Brooklyn, of course. Yeah. Um, and DeAndre Jordan probably has it because I think wasn't he a Brooklyn Net last year and uh, Millsap was. played this year so the the pipe dream that I had was Millsap and Jordan both didn't have it so Doc would be forced to play a good backup center if they played Toronto <laughs> in the playoffs but uh, unfortunately I think Millsap does have it um, I don't know how you inject a vaccine into a corpse modern medical science has definitely um, done a good job of that but um, who do you think has it uh, my guess is probably going to be. I think Paul Reed is probably one of the two, and the Charlie other Brown. one is probably or Joe. It's probably, it's probably like two nothing guy. It's probably Joe and Paul Reed. Uh-huh. Um, uh, well, who seems like a do your own research kind of guy? Uh, <laughs> Corkmaz. That's why he hasn't played. Yeah, maybe Corkmaz. I, don't, I have Jesus. no idea. I, I don't. Really, I don't even care. I thought it, it was. I thought it was fascinating because Boston's been one of the hottest teams in the East. They're surging all of a sudden. Killing it right now. But when they had to go up to Toronto, a lot of guys were left off or still sent in America. They were not able to travel with the team. And they gave bogus reasons, reasons like, oh, my elbow, my back, all these other no-nothing no injury reports that forced them to stay in Boston. And when they were told, when they were commented, when they were asked to comment on the situation, Boston and the Philadelphia Sixers, whoever the PR is, refused to comment on the players being all vaxxed and what do they make of the Toronto vax rule should they go to the playoffs. So that's kind of an eye-opener. Clear as day, though, Kyrie Irving is is not going to be welcomed in there. So the Nets will be down Kyrie if they do face each other in the playing and, of course, in the playoffs. But they still have Durant. They still have Seth Curry. They will be fine. But It's cr- crazy how that flipped. Yeah. Because they could, they were worried they weren't going to have him at home. Now they're not going to have him on the road if they play in Toronto, but they will have him at home. Yeah, it's insane. And if Toronto can somehow surge and get some kind of home field advantage in the play-in, if they can host, and one of the, and it, imagine if you take like one or two players out of every team in the league facing yeah. the Toronto Raptors in the playoffs, at least for three games at home in Toronto, you're already undermanned off the bat. I think it's fascinating. It, it's, I guess, uh. It's a way of the world riding the the ship for the last few years because Toronto played in um, played in Tampa last year, yeah, and the Toronto Blue Jays played in Buffalo for two years or for a year and a half. So this is kind of their way of getting the home field advantage back. So yeah. let's uh, I'm not I'm not going to chalk this up to oh it's an unfair advantage they were at an unfair <laughs> disadvantage for a year and a half. So yeah, right. I'm not I'm not you know shedding a tear for them. I think it's fun. Whatever, who cares? And I, it, and it's I, Canada. It's not even a real country. How dare you? Um, Trish Stratus is from there. Um, last. Trish Stratus, don't so ever, t- so don't ever go with dead. who. So is Test, and he's dead. So that's not. Well, tw- whatever. And Chris Benoit. 
All right. Um, I, almost, I almost walked out this episode. All right. So uh, real quick, I do have one piece of um, like speculation for the NFL. Okay. Uh, we touched on it before. The broadcast teams have all been shuffled. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are head of the ESPN. Yeah. Um, Kevin Burkhart's partner has still not been named yet for Fox because he's going to be the number one play-by-play guy. Yeah. Um, it, my guess is it'll probably just be Greg Olson again unless they you know find a way to pluck somebody out of college like Brock Heward or Brady Quinn or something. But there's speculation. You know who they might think who they think it might be? I don't know. Sean Payton. <sighs> now, wouldn't that be something? That would be death because it kind of basically ends any coaching rumors of him coming back. Then again, that hasn't stopped anyone yeah. in the past. Uh, so yeah, that would well, be interesting. Chucky. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what he'll be like as a TV guy. Um, and I don't think that when Brady retires, he's going to have any interest in doing anything like that. Uh, no. Um, given how Breeze has done, I don't think many QBs are going to do that well. Honestly, you know who I think it should be? And I thought he would have been a phenomenal analyst when he almost when he did retire before he came back. Oh. Jay Cutler would have been awesome. Really? And I think yeah, Jay Cutler has a that dry personality. I think he'd be phenomenal on TV. <laughs> um, also, but he was, he was he was going to be um, uh, he was going to be an analyst the year that. He retired, which I think was 2016, and then Tannehill tore his ACL, and the Miami signed him out of uh, retirement. So that kind of changed everything oh, back then. Right. But uh, I think I think if they were smart, they would stick with Greg Olson. I think he's phenomenal. But and it would be interesting to see what. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And it would be interesting to see what they would do if they do sign Sean Payton, because you know Fox has money. They just dropped like their two most expensive people, and uh, they're replacing Buck from in-house as well with Joe Davis. So we'll see what they do. Um, We'll see what they do with the football stuff. Um, now, this next bullet point is all you. I don't really have a whole lot to say about this. <laughs> the Oscars, ladies and gentlemen. The slap heard around the world. Real quick. I mean, you heard it at the top of the show, ladies and gentlemen. You know, the whole the whole joke and whatnot. Rob. Who's right? Who's wrong? Because apparently reports are that both men apologize. Well, obviously, we saw the public apology from... Will Smith via Instagram, written text, and then you heard reports uh, from Chris Rock saying that he apologized for his yeah. actions and whatnot. Who's in the right? Who's in the wrong? And did you think it was scripted? Um, or do you think I, it's still a scripted? So I, hmm, I don't want to dwell on this too long. I don't think yeah, Chris same. Rock is. I don't think his hands are completely clean here. I do think it's a it's an interesting way to poke fun at somebody. I, I'm I'm not woke at all, and I'm actually more pissed off by the woke people that say either you got to be, you know, d- 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 what, what a terrible human being. How, how would you make fun of somebody because of how they look? Yeah. First of all, um, I think the joke is fine. It wasn't off limits. Will Smith laughed. Mm-hmm. I don't think Chris Rock is necessarily in the wrong. Uh, I just want to say right now, if that were Dave Chappelle on that stage that made that joke, Will Smith is not standing up and slapping him. <laughs> and if he does. Chappelle is still on that stage to this second, making fun of Jada Pinkett's head. So, I, I, Chris Rock, I don't think he. I think he gets like maybe ten percent of the blame, and Will gets ninety, maybe eighty, and he gives ten to Jada. I don't think Chris Rock was necessarily doing you know a, a good thing. I don't. I'm not thrilled by the joke, but I do think it was a way, way out of line overreaction by Will Smith. I'm not in the court of the people. I'm not in the camp of the people that say throw him in jail or he committed a crime. Yeah. How many times you've been slapped in your life? Probably I mean, a thousand, he, right? I Me mean, too. he technically did commit a crime, battery, but 
What stop? Stop it! But come on, he ain't got a really pressure. You know how many people I could have arrested in school for battering me, if that's the case. I think that Will Smith uh, is kind of—he's a little emotionally fragile, and I'm going to cut him some slack because of everything that's going on. The uh, entanglement, the son being weird, the entanglement stuff. But um, I think it's the only reason he did anything is because Jada looked at him and said something. So, for sure, I is, mean, the ball is in her court. Um, so I, I, I would say, if if Chris Rock made that joke and Will Smith laughed and Kyle Kuzma, his wife, didn't say anything to him, um, I would, we would have just moved on and we, we wouldn't have even thought about it. But yeah. Will Smith acted, he acted so hard and so tough and it felt so forced. Exactly. That yeah. It felt very weird. It's like me coming on here, Joel, you're wrong. Like it's like a Skip Bayless act. Like you're screaming for this for the sake of screaming. So you're definitely more equipped to speak on it than I am because I don't really care about any of these people. I don't like, Will Smith. I don't care for whoever the chick was that looked like Kyle Kuzma, and I really don't. <laughs> I I think there's only two comedians in the world that Will Smith does that to, and one of them's Kevin Hart, the other one's Chris Rock, because they're smaller than he is. And I think Will Smith is a dork. Um, I think he's a, a loser. So your sm- your assessment has been spot on, sir. Um, Thank you. And yes, it was. I think it was to an extent staged. Really? I think I think it was a very poor attempt to rebuild Will Smith's image. Um, it's not being a mental midget and it, and it failed miserably. <laughs> I think there's a 25% chance it was scripted. I think they maybe talked about it prior. A the only midget. thing that made it not seem scripted is the fact that he laughed at the joke and then looked at Jada. I think if he would have gotten pissed off from the second it was said, then something would have been up. Um, I don't buy this nonsense that it wasn't scripted because nobody else acted because everybody else acted so shocked. You can do something and only three people be in on it. So sure. I think there's, I think there's a good, I think, is that a good chance? But I do. Th- I'm higher than most on the prospects that it was scripted. Uh, I don't think it was scripted. I mean, I see these 8K photos that he had a patch on his cheek, the same side where <laughs> Will Smith gave him the five finger. Even if it were real, you can eat a slap, no problem. Yeah, you can eat a slap. Again, how many? I go back to the same. How many times you've been slapped in your life? Slapped? Probably hundreds. No, maybe. Really? Literally a handful of times, maybe like uh, less than the fingers. Like, I, uh, yeah. pun, no pun one's putting their hands on me, and I'm not doing anything back. First of all, second of all, yeah. if I get slapped, it's probably when I was a child and my mom slapped me across the face for doing something <laughs> stupid. But as right, a grown man, she committed a battery. As a grown man, I haven't been slapped. Uh, I'm sure I've been slapped more than five dozen times maliciously, with intent to like every now like a pe- like you know pecks like you know, smack like oh hey uh, like a true. Or a punch to the face? No, no. Oh. But uh, what's your take on this song? I I think just like you said, we'll move on to uh, the Sixers. Will Smith is a fragile man. He's going through a lot of mental health issues, and this all started with Jada basically roasting his ass and basically just telling him like, "I cheated on you with a younger, better looking guy because I was looking for something. Like, I wanted to feel something that I haven't been feeling with you." She still she still is in love with her ex, uh, Tupac Shakur. By the way, that's how that's how old she's been around. She's still in love with him. Um, Will can never live up to Tupac Shakur, and obviously August Alsina. I think that's the gentleman's name that was involved in the entanglement. And Jada Pinga basically runs that relationship. And I don't know what what sorry Jesus, my mic's over here falling. I don't know what kind of like. Uh, bla- what is it? Blacklist? Not blacklist. Blackmail she has on this man for acting this craziness, <laughs> but 
whatever she has, it has to be ginormous for him to be acting really stupid and foolish. Like, just like you said, the joke was landed was very mild. It was a G.I. Jane joke. I laughed. Yeah, it really wasn't a big of a deal. Everyone else laughed. If he called her, like, Caillou, maybe I'd be pissed, but, like... Yeah. Let's be real. If nothing happened, five seconds later, we'd all forget it even happened. Yeah. And the thing is, he joked about a couple behind them, and then he... Because he mentioned Will Smith, he just went... A natural arts, most of Jada, and then moved on literally after he said the joke. Just like everybody else in the Oscars does. They pick on a few people, they move around, and then they say, yeah. thanks for coming. We're going to give some awards out to people that don't deserve them. And then they, exactly. they move up. We all move on with our lives. Now, another crazy. reason. Yeah, go, go ahead. I want you to finish your thought, and then I'll give you my last uh, thought. Yeah, and then, you know, he laughed. We saw him laugh. Jada obviously wasn't pleased. Something happened in the moment where we see him smile, and they cut to Chris Rock. Something yeah. in that five to ten second so, range where he was like, yeah. Honey, uh, this is why I cheated on you. If you don't handle this, I'm gonna cheat with somebody else. Tupac would smack him, right? Yeah, Tupac would have smacked him already. Alex Alcina would have just would not stand for this. So then Will, for whatever reason, got off there like a pussy with his three piece suit, goes over there and decks a man with his hands behind his back, and then walks off stage with a smug smirk like, "Look, baby, I did it. I I took care of it. I did it. I'm the new Tupac." And then fucking shouts from his seat louder each time. T- have your uh, have my wife's name out of your effing mouth. It sounded twice. so awkward when he said it. So awkward, emotional, scripted in a way. It was just, it was bad all around. And Chris Rock handled it like a champ. My favorite part of the entire thing was where he uh, where they had that exchange. You hear Chris Rock, "Oh, I could have," and then he kind of yeah, stops himself I and smiles. Up on that too, yeah. Greatest part of the entire thing because Chris Rock, just like you said. If it was Dave Chappelle or any other comedian, would have probably continued and just doubled down on it. Well, Chappelle never would have gotten touched because oh, yeah, Chappelle true. is uh, figuratively and literally untouchable. Uh, <laughs> but they would also never invite him to the Oscars. I think he would never Smith, accept to go to the Oscars. No, oh, absolutely not. No, he doesn't want to be there. Will Smith will be his new Jesse Smollett, where he just uh, he turns it into a bit forever. Um, hey, yo, there was a meme that Jesse, Moss, Jesse Smollett said, yeah. Chris, uh, not Chris, uh, Will Smith, uh, Will also Smith hit me. slapped me too. <laughs> what, what the greatest thing out of this whole thing, and we'll wrap up the internet just continues to be undefeated. We have a group chat with uh, my niece, your significant other, and it's just filled <laughs> of these memes of just going back and forth. Um, it it my, writes itself. The, the other, speaking of writing itself, um, the other thing. The other reason I think that this may have been a scripted or maybe pre-planned or in some way, you know, whatever, yeah, is you and I probably didn't even know the Oscars were happening. Nah, not at all. And um, nobody did. And then now everybody's talking about them. So what yeah. other way to what other way to generate buzz around these you know comedians and people that I didn't even know were still prominent? Uh, if you would have told me Will Smith won something, I would have thought it was the, the Braves pitcher. I don't, I don't even know that uh, he was still relevant. And if you I didn't even know Chris he did a Rock, movie. I don't know if Chris Rock was still like prominent either. So I can't believe he was still doing the damn thing. Um, um, the, the best thing that came out from the Oscars is apparently there's a report that Denzel Washington like steals things from these award ceremonies and like just throws them in his pocket. So there's something funny about him consoling Will Smith in the back and also like pocketing like plants and shit. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the uh, box score. Finally got a first basket right. 58-57 Sixers. The bench for the 76ers. Because oh, no. how many points they got? Two. Zero. 
shit. And we're midway in the third quarter. Zero points from the bench. They've taken five shots. This is nasty. How does Danny Green have two fouls? He played five minutes. George well, Yang, got 20 and 10. George Niang has just fallen off. Completely. I'm glad I didn't take Thibel's unders because he's got four, three, and four right now. I don't yeah. want to jinx it, but before we recorded, I took um I have uh Durant 25, 10, and 10. He currently sits at seven, five, and seven. So there's a chance that he gets 25, 10, and 10. He just needs a big second half. I almost violently smashed my mic into the desk because I just saw I just realized that I had Niang for two threes. The motherfucker's 0 for two on threes and zero. All he needs points. to do is hit. Right. Unfucking believable. Speaking um, of the Sixers, let's let's kind of out. Let's breeze through. through this. Yeah. yeah. So they played the Clippers on, I believe, Friday night. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think they whatever day it was. It was a get right game for Harden, as we kind of alluded to prior. He had 29, 15, and seven. Uh, he was 11, 11 at the line, so we got his numbers there. Embiid was good, 27 and 10, seven of eight at the line. Thibel, 13 points. He had a good West Coast swing. I thought he did really well against the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, I thought he had a good game against the Clippers too. Um, Tobias Harris didn't do a ton, but you know whatever. Um, and then Maxi, but he oh, was Maxie. small. Oh, tiny Maxi. So eleven yes. five and one for Maxi. One of three from the line, which is concerning. The bench had thirty points. That's where I like it. They didn't do it at the line or from three, but they got points. And I think Shake is going to be a big part of this bench going forward. Um, Danny Green, eight points off the bench. B-ball Paul, eight points. DeAndre Jordan, two points, nine rebounds. And uh, Paul Millsap allegedly was in the building, but did not play. The it's only tough to player prop up a cadaver on the floor. So I dude, guess it's tough. he was the only player in the entire game for both teams to not play. Everybody else suited up and played. Uh, he was the only one that did not play, which was alarming that Doc didn't play him. Like, what's going on? That trade is just bad. So the Clippers, uh, Coffee had 21 points, T had none, Reggie Jackson 11 points, and the, their bench had 48, uh, which makes sense because their entire team is basically a bench unit. Yeah. Um, although Paul George came back the other night uh, after this game. Yeah, he looked very good. Um, so here are a couple of takeaways. You can stop me at any point. Uh, James Harden looked pretty good, maybe getting right. Everything's falling today. I think the the earth just like stopped turning for a second. Yeah, right. Jo- Joel Embiid played very well. Um, I wouldn't say he played like his, a great game, but he played a Joel Embiid game. He played well enough to win, and that's all they needed in this game. They yeah. kind of beat the piss out of the Clippers. Um, I kept waiting for them to come back, and they just didn't. Like they were, they were up 15 to 20 points. I was like, this is going to come down. This is going to be a five-point game, and it wasn't. We and then a couple nights later, they did it against the Jazz. They came back. They came all the way back from 20 down, and they beat them. Um, Thibel scored a bunch. Uh, Maxi and Harris didn't have a great game, but I think they bounced back fine the next couple. And Glenn Rivers played everybody except Millsap, which is good. A beep, beep ball, beep ball. ball. He finally played. touches the floor and plays well. See what happens when you play the man? Jesus um, Christ. Now, the, I do have a concern that the bench is not scoring from the line or from three. I've always had concerns that um, Tobias Harris doesn't get to the line enough. I would like to see him get there at least yeah. get five free throws a game. Consistently um, with a zero for zero. It's nasty. And to the bench defense is concerning as well. Do you think Sunday, he's afraid? Last last point. Tobias. Do you think he's afraid to get in the paint and just be a little more I need him to be aggressive in the paint. I, I just, he just he's not a dribble seven drive feet guy. tall. He's just not a dribble drive guy. I think he's just a dribble pull up guy. <sighs> he he shies away from contact and he's not a very good defender either, so he's not very physical at all. Imagine um, Haka Harris. Oh well at least he would make the free throws. You think? Um yeah, and he's like probably an eighty percent free throw shooter. Uh, that's one thing about the Sixers lineup now. Starting <laughs> five are all pretty good free throw shooters. Even Thibault is not great, but he's you're never gonna see them hack anybody on the Sixers except uh 
DeAndre. Um, so they they lost to the Suns on Sunday. I thought they played a pretty good game, though. Did you? You were at work, right? Yeah. I so I caught it. a lot of this game, but the second half probably, and I thought they played pretty well. Embiid was really good. Hit thirty-seven and fifteen. He scored eight points from the line. Um, I thought the, the concern with Maxi was he took a lot of threes. He did have eighteen points, but he did take a lot of threes. A lot. Um, Tobias Harris got his regular number seventeen and eight. We joke about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Harden got you know his almost fake triple double. He started well. He was two for three, I think, from three in the first half, and then finished two of eleven. Thibel did nothing. The bench really didn't do much either. And the Suns, Devin Booker was excellent. He had a good first quarter and then kind of cooled off. But he was still good. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul, like you said last episode, they're going to go if he goes. 19 and 14, DeAndre 8 and 14 Jeez. and 12. Uh, Bridges and Crowder combined for 20. And then the bench had 26 uh, between Cameron Payne. Um, that's all the players I know from that. Mikhail yeah, Bridges, same. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> I don't know. But um, Cameron Payne. <laughs> Camp Johnson wasn't playing probably. Okay, I don't think he played. Um, but uh, any takeaways from that game? Um, it was a good game to see match up against a West Coast team who's like arguably one of the top teams in the West right now with Monty Williams. And like I said, if CP3 is there, this is when the team is deadly. Could they beat or lost to this team without CP3? If they lost to this team without CP3, red flag. Losing to this team with CP3 and how close it was, 10 points, ended up being the difference, not bad. They can just chalk up and learn from this and, you know, Move on and use this against the rest of the East. You can hang with this Suns team, who's young. So uh, yes. that's all. Uh, Tory Craig, Bismarck, Biombo, and Landry Shaman are the other three players that came off the bench. Shaman, the Suns. he had a big game. Probably. Former Sixer. Um, they lost to the Bucks the other night. Back to Bucks back. Bucks now own the tiebreaker. Oddly enough, the Bucks have beat the Sixers twice here, and the Sixers beat them once there in the three games they've played. Yeah. Um, Giannis with a sensational block at the end of the game to save it for the Bucks. Uh, initially Jesus. called goaltending, but then it was actually reviewed and they took it back. Their correct call was made. He's he was excellent. Um, Harden was pretty good, thirty-two, five and nine. I think he was more aggressive. I think it, yeah. at times they just told him, "Hey, go get a bucket. Don't do this. Get everybody involved thing. We need you and beat at twenty-nine and fourteen. He was good from three. He was good at the line. Um, Cast with a friendly ghost, twenty-two and eleven, played very well. Maxi was pretty rough. Seems like they can't have a game where all four guys are going at the same pace. Um, and if they did, they'd be unstoppable. Thibel bad. Man. Yeah, Thibel bad, bench bad. Danny Green bad, Niang okay. Milton bad, Millsap. <laughs> nothing. In nine minutes, did nothing out there. He basically yeah. pulled a Danny Green. Uh, Giannis was excellent. Giannis had 15 consecutive points in two minutes, all against Paul Millsap. The second and beat left the floor, that game ended. That's what I forgot. I forgot to put <laughs> the Bucks stat lines on the rundown. I knew something was missing. Yeah, he played well. I think Holiday finished at 13. Or no, he finished at 18 points. He had 13 yeah, heading into the last um, eight minutes of the game. They played well. And Brooke Lopez hit some shots, too. And he, he tends to kill the nasty. Sixers. Um, Middleton, I thought, was... Uh, I'm sure he got his numbers, but I didn't really notice him out there. I mean, uh, this bench needs to start being aggressive on the free throws, bro. That's the bread and butter of this team at right? this moment with... Uh, with what you call it, James Harden at the helm. So this guy, this guy just opened up next to me, and I thought it was my printer printing. That's how <laughs> it just sounded like a, a buzz, and it's uh, it's pouring. Are we saying aliens are coming? They're here. They're here. Um, uh, Drew Holiday was also had a good game, eighteen points, I believe. Yeah, eighteen points. Yeah, most eighteen and ten. In, about a third of them came in the fourth quarter. So he had a triple double almost. He's look at the player. stat line here. Uh, Grayson Allen, ten points off the bench. 
Portis was shit. Abaka was doing nothing. Gre- Portis George Hill. sucks. I mean, Portis is okay, but if, I generally think he kind of sucks. That bench was putrid. So basically, what won them this game was Giannis and the starting lineup. Well, it was the, it was the two minutes that they took uh, they took and beat out and put Millsap in. The story of every single playoff run. How many times? Forty eight episodes. I think I probably mentioned it in forty three of them. <laughs> When they take and beat out of these big games and they put in the bum backup center, I God knows why they had Millsap on him. It, it, Paul Reed kept him the three of ten the last time they played and or three of eight. I'm sorry, blocked him at the rim. There's no excuse for having Millsap on on Giannis. The only player on this team that sh- should be guarding Giannis, if it's not you know maybe a Harris, is it should be a beat. They have shown Brett Brown for all the things you can say about him. The best thing he ever did was put and beat on Giannis and show that you can just put a slow, tall guy on Giannis and he will not drive. <laughs> yeah. I mean... They they gave him the 2013-14 LeBron treatment that the Spurs gave LeBron where they just gave him all the space in the perimeter and dared him to shoot the three. He'll hit two out of eight. He had Kawhi on him, though. Yeah, but he, they also gave him so much space that they dared him to shoot it, which is the, you know, the Ben Simmons slash now Giannis thing. Yeah. If, if Glenn Rivers had any interest in coaching and winning unless he's just going to ride to the sunset with that one championship for the Celtics that the big three want him. He would look at these old game film and watch how teams defended Giannis. They put a center on him and dared him to shoot it because if he brings it into the lane more often than not, you're going to get the shot altered by Embiid or maybe get fouled or whatever. But dude, his lineup I'm not, is I'm trash. Not a fan of it. His lineup is trash. I don't know what he's doing out there. Like you see it as a fan. You're like, uh, what the? If you see the bleeding, why keep it going? Just fucking move, make a move, and change it. Like, what is he doing? He's Glenn Rivers is showing game. that he yeah. just can't coach when the big game is at its brightest. And I question now the original big three and Rondo. They basically held that Celtics team down to get that yep. chip, and he did. He just basically reaped the rewards of it. But he really, those four guys. They really did that matching. And plus Perkins, I guess. If any any other now. coach in that team wins multiple titles. It's, I don't they know. Agree team. They can't lose games like that because of yeah. stupidity. Then again, you were up 10 at half. You were up a dub. And again, just like this the Sixers team, and you and uh, Manis have said it countless times. Oh, they're up by 15? That means they're down by four. Oh well, they're up by eight right now. I was just about to say they're they're basically tied. The what's the live number on this game? Because I'm probably going to take uh, minus twelve hundred um, for the Sixers. What's uh, what's nine the, and a half? What's the points per nine? I'm going to take that right now. Actually, yeah, give me that nine and a half. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the nine and a half. They're down by oh, of course now it's eight and a half. Um, <laughs> they just know. Up oh, now it changed again. Oh, it's eight and a half again. Right, I'm trying desperately to just let me place a bet. All right, sir. Let's go into our right, last segment of the show. Unless you All have right. anything else to, to no, harp on with no, Glenn is, Rivers just being go, dope out I, there. I'm excited for the meat and potatoes of this episode. I love our preseason predictions, and baseball, as you all know, is one of my favorite sports. All It's one of my four favorite sports, along with hockey, basketball, and football. Um and these over-under games are some of my favorite things. Hey, man, um, soccer's up there. Don't sleep on now, soccer. Now, the Union haven't lost yet. Are you surprised I knew that? I'm <laughs> very surprised. I didn't even know that. And I you, want to give me, you want to give me a quick top five list? Rank the Philadelphia coaches. Me? Between, between Glenn, Sirianni, Mike Yo, Jim Curtin, and Joe Girardi. <laughs> let's just go. Uh, let's just freestyle here. 
to I don't even know who's who. Who's Mike Yo? Mike Yo is the interim Flyers coach. He's uh, last. Uh, he says fourth for me ahead of Glenn Rivers. <laughs> Glenn, Glenn's five. Yo is four. No, you have it wrong. Yo is last. Rivers is four. All right, I have a swap. I can't um, believe I have an interim coach fourth. Uh, <laughs> he's fourth. Um, I'm going to go Girardi three. No. Sirianni, I'm going to go Girardi three. three, Sirianni two, and Curtin one. Yes. So we have it basically swapped. But yeah. Okay. Because Jim Curtin, I, he seems like a nice guy too. He was on the radio not that long ago. Because I feel more confident in the Phillies lineup than I do the Eagles right now. Fair, and I've seen fair. that Sirianni team. I, you got uh, no. I I'm not liking it. Fair. Give me I, where's I, the defense? I I understand. All right. Now we're cool. meat and potatoes. So we're gonna do for MLB. We're gonna do um, MVP, Cy Young, Manager of the Year in both um, leagues. Rookie of the year, and then we're gonna do quick division standings. We'll do just kind of like off the. You want to do division winners, division standings for that one? Uh, what's the difference? <laughs> uh, either pick the winner of each division or rank every single team in the division. Uh, winners, winners, winners. Right, we'll I was just winners. going off the no, I got uh, Excel sheet of the NBA. Oh, okay, I got you. Uh, division winners. Then we're gonna do regular season uh, playoff teams, I guess. So the three division winners and the three next best teams, and then we're gonna play the over under game: three overs, three unders. And then predict the World Series winners, the MVP, and the uh, the number of games. So now we'll, we'll go kind of quick with some of these because we don't want to take up everybody's night. But um, I will. I'm very interested to to see this now. Right off the bat, I'm sorry, you had something to say. I was going to say that the what I have on the dock is just you know random I, it's nothing set in stone we don't have to do all of them or we can add stuff later on it was just stuff that i just plucked off the excel because i didn't know I how this baseball perfect. really works but no, it's perfect. perfect then let's go with it mvp is the best player cy young is the best pitcher manager manager rookie. i just rookie. don't know any rookies i uh, just pick one i that's what i did last year. i picked dylan carlson i don't think i even had a chance Bad. so mvp this is the first time i've ever seen two teammates with the two best odds to win mvp um show otani and mike trotter um the Otani's at plus 340. How often do you truly see a back-to-back MVP? Trout plus 550. They're the two shortest odds to win American League MVP. NL MVP, the uh, the favorite right now is Juan Soto, followed by Ronald Acuna, Mookie Betts, Bryce Harper, uh, Freddie Freeman, and Francisco Lindor. So um, let's just jump right into it. Most valuable player in the National League is going to be... Give me a second. I'm trying to find out. Ah. Player pro- Player futures. Yep. What are you using for your sources? I'm just on FanDuel. Um, if you FanDuel go to FanDuel, to if you go to MLB, it le- it, the first thing is the games, and then if you scroll all the way to the right, it'll say player awards. It may be a little bit different in New Jersey, though. It is different. I don't have it. Oh, weird. That's uh, weird. I have to uh, make the playoff team win season specials, division, league, and World Series. Oh, that's weird. No futures. Um, do you have a little tab at the top that says MLB futures bet now? No, I have this right here. It says like, I'm not going to go on my phone. Yeah, you're probably better on your phone. This is craziness. Computers right. don't exist anymore. <laughs> Thanks, I'm old. That's an old joke. You're watching. You coming? Coming up for my age? Ah, I'll get not, there one year. I'm not living that long. <laughs> All right, here we go. Nick Castellanos is plus sixty five hundred to an MVP. 
I, I generally right. have no clue who's going to win it. I, I have a, a safe pick, uh, an off-the-cuff pick, and then a, I think he has a chance pick. Dude. So what are we doing first? Uh, most valuable player in the National League. I feel like this one is a little bit less interesting than the American League. The American League is pretty wide open. Uh, Actually, they're me... both pretty wide open, honestly. I'm writing mine down. and You write yours down, I'll write mine yep, down, then absolutely. later on we'll... Uh, I'll give me... Mookie Betts. Betts is a good one. I considered him. Um, the reason, so I was going to say Trey Turner, but the reason I don't think Turner wins it is because he's overshadowed by Freeman, Betts, Ballinger, Kershaw, Bueller, all these other guys on his own team. Yeah. I could very well see it being Lindor, especially in a big market if the Mets play well. Let's face it, they'll uh, be booing their fans yeah. in the next two months. I'm going to go. Big redemption season. I'm going to go Ronald Acuna Jr. I did like that. Now, I'm biased because I bet him last year to win it, and he didn't. But <laughs> well, he got hurt. He was on he got hurt. Win it. He should have won it. Yeah, he would have won it if he didn't get hurt. Yeah. Uh, Soto is the favorite in the clubhouse, however. Um, I don't see him winning it because his team will not be any good. American League. So, Otani and Trout are the two favorites. Vladdy third. Devers four with a big drop-off between Vladdy and Devers. Uh, Judge Franco Ramirez, Kyle Tucker, surprisingly, Lewis Robert, Bo Bichette, Jordan Alvarez, Byron Buxton, Alex Bregman kind of round out the uh, the top, like, whatever, 10. Who do you like in the American League? Dude, give me Trevor Story for plus 6,500. Wow. Um, no. Yeah, that's a good value, honestly. So is, um, so is what's his name? Uh, where's, where I just I'm saw scrolling. I like Bregman at plus 4,000. That's a good value. Anthony Rizzo? Yeah, I don't think his defense is good enough for him to win MVP, though. Anthony Rendon. I've heard that name a lot. Rendon, if he stays healthy, the Angels, that's another guy on the Angels that can that's be. Plus 7,200. Deliver them. I'm going to go. I'm sorry. Obviously, you're stalling. Um, give me Vladdy Jr. Oh, sorry. Did I take yours? No, you're good. I'm glad he went first. I'm going to go. I'm going to stay in the same division. I'm going to take Rafael Devers from the Red Sox. I think he is just going to bomb the ball especially with story yeah. on that team oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god <laughs> all right Cy Young Award this is for the best pitcher in each league you want to start with the NL or the AL uh NL why not all right National League so the favorite right now is Jake DeGrom followed by Max Scherzer his own teammate uh, oddly enough two consecutive awards where teammates are the favorites yeah, right Zach Wheeler third Walker Bueller four Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff another set of teammates Aaron Nola, Sandy Alcantara, 2000. Logan Webb, Max Freed, Carlos Rodon, Julio Arias, Freddie Peralta, Jack Flaherty, Luis Castillo, Charlie Morton. All you Darvish, the guys. 5,500. Yeah, yeah. Blake Snell, former winner. I actually bet him last year to win NL Cy Young. He sucked. Um, who do you like here? Fuck. My dark horse, just to let you know, is going to be Walker Bueller. I don't think he wins it, but I think he's definitely a good value, especially if DeGrom can't stay healthy. But... You, so you have Walker Bueller in the top three, like when it comes down to the Cy Young. Remember? I think so. I don't think Wheeler's going to make it through a full season. <sighs> that's that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, the return of Jake. De- <sighs> Expectations. Hard to bet against that guy. Give me Mad Max. I'm going to stay on. I'm going to be on his team. I'm going to take the Grom. I think oh, it's just bitch. too. It's it's too easy to take the Grom. I mean, if he stays healthy, he's the best pitcher in the world. But my thing is. When it, when it comes down the most, the workhorse out of them is Mad Max. 
Yeah, Max will probably look. compile the innings. You're probably right. Yeah. But either way, yeah, you're right. Either guy can win it. It's a toss-up. This, this is another hard one. The American League style young. So Cole, Bieber, Giolito, Ray, Cease, McCullers, Jr., McClanahan, Barrios, Otani, Lynn, Verlander, Gossman, Evaldi, Montes, Manoa, Manaya. This is a no-brainer, dude. Think so? I think it's Garrett Cole. Because he Ooh. seems to be the, he's the, uh, the favorite of the clubhouse for American League side. I got Chris Sale, bro. Chris Sale coming out of a uh, coming off of that down year. Nah, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. Can't do that. Kind of like McClanahan, but I don't think the Rays let their guys nope, pitch. No, I got enough. it. You ready for mine? Yes, sir. And this is no joke. Noah Syndergaard. Book Noah Syndergaard. Oh, plus back six thousand Angels. Let's go. Mm. Big big season for the Angels. Also, as yeah, we were doing this, I would love to see that. Also, doesn't this alter everything in baseball now? Now that we have a DH, so it's you know, there are no more double switches, there's no more pitching for the hitting. Like the whole optics yeah. of the game has kind of changed. Yeah, so I think uh, NL pitchers will pitch more. So I think DeGrom, Scherzer, Wheeler, guys like that can pitch more innings. Um one of the arguments against Corbin Burns last year is he pitched fewer innings than um Wheeler and who was the other finalist thing was Scherzer. Yeah. Um, so Burns, I think you'll see him. Pit. It, it shouldn't impact the American League as much, although there's going to be less haters in the American League now. Well, when they go can, when they go NL, yeah, because cool, DHs before were pretty much only available. Like Schwarber would have had to sign to the AL if the DL if the DH existed still. Yeah. Um, now he he can sign to the NL and Pujols same thing. More hitters are going to navigate themselves to the NL. So pitching, I think ERA will be inflated a little bit in the NL, and I think AL pitchers will benefit a little bit. Um, I'm going to go. Uh, it feels very risky to pick Jose Barrios, but I kind of like Verlander on a bounce back. I do like Verlander. Um, Jose Barrios feels like a really good value. I'll probably throw five bucks on him and see if I can win something. I'm going to go Luis, uh, Lucas Giolito. I thought he had a good case last year. Could have won it, and I wouldn't have been surprised, and I would have been fine with it. Uh, so the app that we're using does not have odds for manager of the year, so we may as well just do rookie of the year first. Yeah. Um, well, we can do off the cuff, like what team? Yeah, I'm going to go. Right? Uh, so manager of the year, real quick. National League manager of the year, I'm going to go with um, – let me look it up. I think it's still him. I, it's the first name that pops into my mind. I think there's one team in the NL that is going to be way better than people think. I'm going to go David Ross from the Cubs. David Ross. Wow, I remember. He was the pat. He was a catcher, right? Yeah, you had a home then, run in Game Seven against the Indians, yeah. against the Guardians. So I think the Cubs are going to be way better than people think, and yeah, I may I take that. them later in my overs unders. I think David <laughs> Ross. It, so it seems like they're giving it to managers who not only te- coach for a team that is good, but a team that kind of sh- overshoots their expectations. So I'm going to go David Ross for that one. Give me Joe Girardi. <laughs> you laugh. Clip this. You laugh, but watch. They're gonna give it to whoever his uh, the interim manager is in July when he gets fired. <laughs> They're gonna give it to Clip Dusty, that too. <laughs> Dusty Wathen. Yeah. Oh shit. Um, and AL American League. This is tough. Um, oh, I got it. Uh, whoever the oh. managers, ma- managers, Mariners. <laughs> oh, Scott Service, I believe is. I'm gonna go with Joe Madden of the um, the Angels. And here I, I am 
<laughs> MVP and Cy Young, but yet I don't pick the manager. No, you're genius, right. I am. Yeah, I'm a genius. Uh, Mariners manager. All right, whatever his name is. All right, uh, service. All right, rookie of the year. This one's a crapshoot. Just throw a dart and see what happens. Um, I'm gonna go. Oh, Matt Fearling is under Seth Beer. I gotta bet. I gotta bet I Seth Beer. I saw Fearling. I'm like, that would be great, but he's not gonna be consistently starting. All right, so American League MVP. I'm sorry, rookie of the year. Um, Nick I, Prado. I'm gonna go with Shane Baz. I have no idea who Nick Prado is, but just throwing out a dart. So I like Baz, and I also like Julio Rodriguez. But I think Baz being a pitcher on the Rays, his uh, his abilities are going to be accentuated. National League Rookie of the Year, uh, uh, Seiya Suzuki. He seems like the safe pick because he's been a pro. I'm going to go Hunter Green, partially because I'm really excited to see him. He is a a similar player to Otani. Just a big hulking dude that could play. He played shortstop and pitched, and they drafted him to only pitch. But uh, I would love to see him. I would love to see him hit. All right, there we go. There's our award winners. Um, do you think we're going to hit on any award winners in the NBA? I have to look at it later because there's a slim chance I hit on my most improved. But I think that's the only thing we might actually hit. Well, clearly my Ben Simmons take and the cork mouth is just trash. <laughs> I can't yeah, well, believe I, I, had Der- I had Derek Rose winning six man of the year. So, did we I can't, come? Close? I can't did believe we get... I went all in on Cork Moss and Ben Simmons. Who won Defensive Player of the Year? Did they give it to the Watt kid? It was a. Uh... They give it to Watt. Or did they give oh. it to Aaron Donald? Uh, Aaron Donald. I think, they, I think they gave it to TJ Watt. I don't remember. We both picked Donald. Um, who was your MVP? You picked uh, Mahomes. I think so. It's, it's I, on the I XL Brady. Somewhere. Yeah, I had Brady. Um, all right. Division winners. Right. Uh, we'll go in order based on what you have here. So National League West. So you got the Giants, Dodgers, Padres, and then, I mean, the Rockies and Diamondbacks don't have a chance, but you got the Giants, Dodgers, and Padres to pick from. Dodgers. National League West. Dodgers. Dodgers, yeah, Dodgers by a mile. No, I wouldn't say a mile. They're going to, they're over under is like 105, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, San Francisco stayed good, but I think they overachieved last year. Oh, uh, okay. All right, American League West. So you have um, this is gonna be a fun one. You got the Astros, the Mariners, the Oakland A's, the Angels, and the Texas Rangers to pick from. All five teams you could argue got better, except for well, four of the five got better, except for Oakland. And I guess Houston losing Correa too, and losing Granky. What is really it? The better. AL West. Okay. Yeah, Houston, um, Seattle, Oakland, LA, Texas. Angels. Uh, Angels. Yeah. I think they're finally going to do it. NL Central. NL got? Central. So you got the Cubs, Brewers, Reds, Cubs, uh, well, Reds, uh, Pittsburgh, and what did I miss? Pirates. Well, it's not going to be Pittsburgh. It's not going to be Cincy. It's going to be the Cubs, St. Louis, or Milwaukee. You like Cardinals? No, no. I was just. Oh, okay. Um, give me Cardinals. Uh, yeah, give me Cardinals. I'm going to go with the Brewers. I think they're always good. Yeah, they're always good, but the fact that you have Wainwright, uh, Molina, and now Pujols at DH primarily, I would think. Yeah. And that team always hangs around. Yeah. I just like Milwaukee's pitching rotation. I think they're one of the better ones. I think the Cubs will turn heads, but I like Milwaukee. All right. Uh, American Don't League Central. I think that manager who has the stance that's way up here. Uh, Craig Council, yes. Yes. Craig all right. American League Central. You got Minnesota, KC, Detroit, Cleveland, Chicago. They all improved this offseason. Chicago won it last year by 13 games. 
Jesus. Um, Who was the next closest? Detroit. Cleveland, 80 wins. Terry Francona still there? I believe he stepped away because of uh, health conditions, but I don't remember off the top of my head. I think that's what happened. Cleveland's got a good team. I think people overreacted a little bit to uh, Lindor leaving, but mm. Minnesota Baseball's was one last year. I had Minnesota winning it last year, and they lost it by 20 games. They got Correa, but is that enough? <sighs> Give me fuck. Give me the Guardians. I'm going to go with the White Sox. I just think they're the best team in the division. Uh, getting Adam Hazley is uh, obviously the deal breaker here for me. Yeah, right. All right, let's save the NL East for last. Uh, actually, no, let's do AL East last because that one's a tough one. National League East, Atlanta, Philly, New York, Miami, Washington. You can make a case for four different teams on this. Atlanta Braves. Atlanta Braves. I, I agree. I just don't think the uh, – There's no shot. The only team I think they could knock them off is – the Phillies Mets. or Mets. I think Miami's got a chance, but I don't like. I don't know. Their, their, their lineup's not as good as it should be. And then the, the AL, AL East. Oh my! Four goodness. out of the four out of the five teams are delicious. You got Tampa, Boston, New York, Toronto. Uh, there is a fifth team in Baltimore, but we're not really going to worry about them. Um, so Tampa won it last year, 100 wins, and then Boston and New York each had 92. Uh, Toronto had 91. Toronto is just knocking on the door. Toronto's yeah. the favorite here. Damn. Small ball, big ball. Jesus. Uh, give me... Fuck. Do you have a clear cut? I, don't, I wouldn't say it's clear cut. Well, you're leaning heavily on one? I'm leaning as between two. It's between Boston and New York. Oh, no. I think the Yankees are going to be... They're going to go out midseason and get whatever they need. Um, I think Boston, though, if I'm going to pick Devers as my MVP, Boston's going to have to be great. Tampa Bay is interesting, but I don't know if they're going to be able to do it again, although we say that every year and they still do. I'm going to go Boston, but probably by the slimmest margin of any of these divisions. Blue Jays. Blue Jays is the sexy pick. A lot of people like them. I have... If we were doing standings, it would be Blue Jays, Sox, Yanks, Rays, like within a game of each other, and then, yeah. and then you and me, and the Wolves, and then Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, then uh, the stickball team down the street at the Parkwood Rec, um, <laughs> my high school, and then Baltimore. Maybe, my high school. <laughs> yeah, maybe Baltimore gets a win. All right. So um, instead of doing um, – What's up? So let's just pick the next three teams that are going to be the wild cards. Um, so you have your three division winners in the American League as – actually, I don't know who they are in front of me. But the next three best teams aside from your division winners, basically. So the way the playoffs are going to work okay. is your, th- your three division winners and then the three best teams from the rest of the league. So Three division my... winners? And then the next three best teams? Yeah, so it's not necessarily okay. from any division in particular, but it's three wild cards, kind of like the NFL, where the division winners get in and then the three wild cards. The the next three highest, right? Three okay. best teams. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it, so that you, in theory, the the Braves could win the division, and the Mets, Phillies, and Marlins could all get in the playoffs. Gotcha. As wild cards. And it's for all right. I got you. Um, let me see. Well, the AL is pretty much locked.
Mm-hmm. A lot of deep thought here. I um, yeah. I th- honestly, with the teams that we picked right here, I think all of this would be interesting baseball in October. Um, I, I would love to see at it. <laughs> LA, yeah. Milwaukee, Atlanta all were in it last year, and then LA, Chicago, Boston. I, I mean, the Angels weren't for me, but like a lot of good teams here, and I don't know, man. I think there are a lot of fun teams, and I'm gonna go. All right, I think I got it. This is nasty, though. So I have my American League teams for sure. The NL is going to be tough, though. Oh, this is tough. It's extremely tough. All right. You want to hear mine? I'm ready. All right. Out of the NL, the wild cards, in no particular order, Giants, Phillies, Brewers. So I left off the Cubs, the Mets, and probably another handful of teams. The Dodgers? Oh, wait. Thank God. I was like, what an idiot. <laughs> Padres I left out. Rockies I left out. Um, Who else? Yeah, that's it. That's all I left out. The AL, Yankees, Boston, Astros. Uh, I'm kind of in the same boat. So and the that NL, was I, tough, too. Yeah. So the American League, and so I'm sorry, the National League, I already have the Dodgers, Milwaukee, and Atlanta making it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Chicago to get in. I think they're going to turn heads. I like the Phillies to get in the playoffs finally. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go St. Louis. I just think the swan song, the three the three legends going out. Um, American League, so I already have the Angels getting in. I already have the White Sox getting in. I already have Boston getting in. I'm going to go Toronto, Yankees, Houston as my three wild cards in the American League. This looks like a fire playoff. Uh, yeah, I'm thrilled. If any of our scenarios work out, I mean, we're going to get some BS. You know, the some boring teams are going to get in. I think Milwaukee's kind of boring, but um, I think generally speaking, the top of the league this year is as exciting as it's been in a while. Yeah, for sure. And th- there's been so much movement in the offseason that uh, MLB Wordle is very difficult to play right now because everybody's <laughs> on a new team. Dude, I cannot do the Wordle. That's no, 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 no. All right. Drum roll, drum roll. Did we do it? Ah, we came up short. My we store lost? Needed, Are you kidding no, me? My, my, uh, no, my store needed to do 1600 today. And we did 1386 Fuck. Dude, my, my $50 parlay. You almost... Jesus. We needed... Uh, we needed to do... Oh, it all went downhill when I left. We needed to do uh, 1600 today in order to finish 15% positive. So we're still going to finish like 14% positive, which is cool. But hey, here's what it is. All right. So the overs and unders, I need to pull up FanDuel now. This is <laughs> oh, win totals. Um, oh, reality check. You've bet $11.50 since you locked in. <laughs> Thanks, FanDuel. Um, and you'll go first. I think prolifically I went first. Okay. Um, that's... Very nice young is hurt. All right, so the way this works is, is I, uh oh, he's on the floor rolling in pain. Boston uh-huh. Bruins are winning nine one. Uh, Sixers are only up by a point, by the way. Harden four for twelve, two for six. Maxi five for Mother ten. Harris fourteen and five. Let me see if Durant's got twenty five, ten and ten. Brooklyn's winning. Dude, the bench is fucking putrid. Christ, Durant sucks. This is a terrible, terrible day for us. Durant hasn't done anything? He's got nine points. That's the last time I bet on him. (laughs) All right, so the overs and unders draft. Uh, We will do this uh, for as long as we exist. 
Uh, so the way this works, I will pick my first thing. Joel will get two consecutive. It'll be a snake draft. So it'll be me, oh, two sure. for Joel, two wrong. for me, two for us. So you pick three overs, I pick three overs, and then we each pick three unders in no particular order. So so we do overs only first, right? Oh, no, no particular order. Oh. It's just that uh, you draft in whatever order you want. So. All right. As long as by the time. Yeah, lock complete, in the easy ones then. <laughs> exactly. So by the time <laughs> we finish things up, we'll each have three overs and three unders. If you pick, let's say, Phillies over, I can't pick Phillies under later on. So we can't double dip on the same team. Gotcha. Do I make myself clear? Um, Damn. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I get the first pick in the draft. Yes, you do, sir. Don't fuck up. So I'm going to save the ones that I feel good about that I don't think you're going to take from me. I don't know about that, sir. Um, My first selection. Wow, that's awfully high. Dude, these are high numbers. Wow. Okay, some of these are awfully high. Um, Give me... This feels like a lock. Give me the Dodgers over 98 and a half. You fucking piece of shit. Ah! All right. All right, all right. That should be at least 102. I'm pretty sure they were 103 and a half last year. Who you got? And they got, Dodgers? And they got better, yeah. Sorry, they're at 98 and a half on FanDuel right now. The, uh, the official sponsor of the PA Turnbuck. <laughs> For what it's worth, right. the Phillies over-under has only gone up two since I got it at 84 and a half with the Schwarber signing. Wow, the... So I don't know what your philosophy is for these, but I sometimes look at the the low unders, and that's where I go. And there are a lot of high unders, so I'm feeling pretty good this year. So you have two consecutive picks, and now from this point forward, you get two picks, and then I get two picks. It's like kind of like a snake-style draft. Okay. All right, lock this in for me. Yes, sir. Fuck. <laughs> All right, what the hell? Mariners so under 83 and a half. And then I have the fuck. You have them under 83 and a half? Yeah. Okay. And then the Cardinals over 84 and a half. I like that. I think if they win that division, they can definitely do it with a lot of wins. It has to be Um, with 90. Yeah. So my next two picks. Oof. That is very, very high. I already know what my unders are going to be. Christ, I already know these. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take the Detroit Tigers under 77 and a half. And then, like I said earlier, the teams with the really, really terrible teams that are going to have no wins, Pirates under 64 and a half. Okay. So the Pirates and Tigers, two teams, I think are going to be trash, and I think they're not even going to touch those numbers. Pirates are going to lose 112 games, I think. Okay, okay. And now Joel gets two consecutive picks. So far in the draft, he has the Cardinals over 84.5 and the Mariners under 83.5. I have the Dodgers over 98.5, and then the Tigers under 77.5 and the Pirates under 64.5. Damn. No shot. No shot. This is real. All right. There's no shot. There's no shot. I might actually wager on these. <laughs> I'm going back to back under, so I'm finishing my unders. There's mm-hmm. no shot. This is real. Did you pick Minnesota? No. 
Did you pick the A's? No. Buck them. Under 69.5 for the A's and under 81.5 for the Twins. There's no shot Correa making the difference like that. What was the A's number? 69.5. Nice. And then the Twins? 81.5. Yeah, I can definitely see that. So I need two I need two more overs and one more under. I need two overs. Did you pick the Phillies? <laughs> uh, I bet the Phillies. I didn't pick them, though. I'm I'm staying away from that. I just don't want to. We got my heart breaking. Um, see, I like the Cubs at 74 and a half. You know what? If, uh, I may as well double down. Uh, oh, you know what? Give me the Red Sox over 85 and a half. Look at this side of the, the, the legal pad. My legal pad is split down the middle, half, half. I have two teams on my over, and you already picked one or the other. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, we might as well do four and four because I feel pretty good about so many of these. Um, um, over. So I got the Red Sox over 85 and a half. And I'm gonna go with my I feel next like a pick. Fucking fool with this pick. The, well, I gotta pick. Let's see, who do I like? I gotta get one more of each. So I gotta go. Oof. See, the pirates feel like block, but. Well, you don't have to worry about the unders. I I can't do anything with the unders anymore. That's true. So I gotta lock in my last over. Damn, I just gave it away. Ooh. See. Revening stuff here on the PA turn pod. Yeah, you know what? If they're going to win that division, I'm going to go Angels over 83 and a half. Fuck you. Oh, my God. Damn it. You want to was... do four? You want to just do four and four? We're getting pretty pissed at each other. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so you got to do two the more. The 76ers are down 87.93 with four minutes. Uh, I should have you taken the money line. Fuck. <laughs> I should have taken the money line. Christ. God damn it. I wonder if they'll let me cash this out. This Sixers team and Glenn Rivers will get bowed out in the first round by name a team. Pistons plus. Team. Pistons yes, plus. the Pistons will bounce them out. <laughs> this is fucking Garbage. Pistons, Pistons plus eight and a half is a lock right now. Christ. <laughs> three and a half. Oh, it's three. They're still not favored? Yeah, they're minus three and a half, yeah. The Pistons. Oh, wow. Sixes oh, are was, plus 190 to win this game. That was free money taking the Pistons at halftime. Um, all right, so Joel's got two overs left, and then I have one more under. Marlins over 76 and a half. I love that, too. And did you pick any of Chicago teams? I did. I picked the no. I didn't. Here we go. Here we go. Give me. Wait, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Win totals, right? Mm-hmm. Give me over Chicago Cubs seventy-four and a half. I love that too. All right, so my last under. So. Finishing off the over-under selections for this season, I love... So let me read off a couple that I really liked. So I liked Baltimore under 61.5. They have hit their under three consecutive years. It's my first uh, one. I didn't pick it. <laughs> um, I, I I really like the Reds under 73.5. They suck. Uh, I already have the Pirates and the Tigers. I think they're both going to stink. Kansas City was a good overvalue at 74.5. Um Let's see. Who do I like as my final under? Now, you have the Twins already. That's a good one. It's a risky one, but it's a good one. 
Mets at 91 is a good one. Yankees at 91 is also interesting because I don't like them to win that division. Um, do we just pick the Phillies to let us down again? I, mean, <laughs> I have, the, I mean, I have the Sixers under in the uh, the basketball one that's going to bite me. Blue Jays you know at 92 and a half is crazy. Let me give myself something to root for. Give me the Padres under 88, 88 and a half. They were a classic underachiever last year. Um, and that'll, did you have any that you also liked that you just didn't take? Um, um, I did like the Orioles 61 and a half under Mets 91 and a half under under. Um, okay. I feel like it'll be like 91 on the dot. Yeah. They're either going to win a, see with them. I think they're either going to win a hundred or they're going to win 85. The Mets the, are always a, a, a crapshoot. And then the blue Jays 92 and a half. I feel like that's, for, to win that division, yeah, you gotta get a, a hundred. But. You're gonna need ninety eight to win that division. That's why I t- that's why I took Boston over. Um, I like Texas over seventy four and a half. I think I don't know who's gonna pitch for them, but I like their I like their lineup a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the Nats, I like them under sixty nine and a half. Uh, let me see one more good one. I think the Giants will hit the over eighty five and a half. Um, Phillies, it's a tough number, 86 and a half. You got to win 87 to beat that. But if they're making the playoffs, they're going to have to win 90 games. And then, what's one more? I like, there was one more I saw that I liked. Um, uh, Rockies, they, they stink. Uh, 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 they're Reds. Reds under 73 and a half. They suck. They're, they might be the worst team in baseball this year. <laughs> really? So just to run down the overs, uh, Joel has the Cardinals over 84 and a half. Marlins over 80, uh, 76 and a half. Cubs over 74 and a half. He's got the Mariners under 83 and a half. Athletics under 69 and a half. Twins under 81 and a half. Um, I have the Dodgers over 98 and a half. Red Sox over 85 and a half. Angels over 83 and a half. Tigers under 77 and a half. Pirates under 64 and a half. And Padres under 88 and a half. Notice how they don't have any even numbers here like the, like the NFL did. Yeah. So there's no there's no pushes in uh, in baseball. There's no ties in baseball. They do it right, exactly. All right, now this comes the the fun one. World Series predictions are way too early. World Series predictions, at least the football ones, were pretty close. We're not going to come anywhere close with these, but we're going to do it for poops and giggles. Dude, why is FanDuel doing this to the Met fans? What are the they Met like, fans? Nods. Fifth plus eleven hundred. Oh. Two above the Atlanta Braves, the defending champions. Wow, the Blue Jays are second. Yeah, plus nine fifty. I don't know what's going on. Wow, out. they don't believe in the Angels at all. Where are the Angels? Plus twenty five hundred. Jeez, over the Red Sox the and Phillies. Phillies. Red Sox got better. What are they doing? All right, uh, who do you have representing the American League and the National League in the World Series? Hey, the Blue Jays really are the sexy pick, aren't they? I don't even yes. have them in the playoffs, do I? <laughs> I think you took them under as well. I, yeah, I don't like them. <laughs> I don't have them in the play. Oh, I, I do actually. I'm sorry. I do have them as a wild card. I have a weird feeling about my World Series prediction. Jesus, dude. I don't know. You want this me to go first? Yeah, go first. I'm just shucketh right now. So I have a really weird feeling the Yankees are going to go to the World Series. <sighs> I don't know how to explain it. I just think they have a winning culture with the players on that team, maybe not the, they don't have a winning culture with the holdovers, but I mean, bringing in a, a Rizzo, having, you know, a Cole, having all these guys, I think the, and I think they're going to keep Brett Gardner. I think he eventually goes back. I think the Yankees are going to the world series. 
I'm gonna look like an idiot saying that. <laughs> um, and then the NL representative will probably be. Fuck, dude. Uh, no chance it'll be the Mets, right? Who, who's in the playoffs for me? That's what I'm looking at my notes. I'm like, what? Are, what do I have? I feel like an idiot now looking at my shit. I guess I gotta go LA. And I'll go Dodgers and six. And the MVP will be Kershaw. I think Kershaw throws two wonderful games. And actually, no, give me Bueller. Bueller's a righty. He's going to face that right handed um, Yankee lineup. Now, I don't rule out the possibility that the um, the Yankees will go out midseason and go out and get a, a big player. I think they're going to go get a second pitcher at some point. I don't know who it'll be, but I think the Yankees are going to go pluck a pitcher off of the team's pitching staff midseason. All right. I went full prediction here. The Braves to get back to the World Series, which is crazy to say, but they're going to get back in there. They're better this year than they were last year. You know how you had in the in the NFL, the Panthers, you were all in? Yeah. I'm all in on the Angels. Angels to the World Series. Oh, I would love to see that. <laughs> and win it in I six. See, I would love to see that. And Shohei Otani is the MVP. Oh, my God. They fucking lost. No way, dude. There goes my $50 parlay down the drain. Thank God it was free, though. Uh, well, they didn't lose yet, but they're down 13 with a minute left. <sighs> what? Why is this team just giving up leads? What is going I, on? I don't, I don't think they wanted to win this game. You said it from the top. Like, oh, their favorite, that means they're losing. Yeah, I, I don't think they wanted to win this game. They're they're actively avoiding the two spot because then they would have to play Toronto or uh, Brooklyn in the first round. I, I will think play Toronto all day before I play Brooklyn again. I think they want Chicago in the first round. Four and five? Oh yeah, I would take yeah, that. I, th- I think they want. I think they want Chicago or Boston. Although I wouldn't. I would not shock me if, if they wanted to avoid Boston. Give me Cleveland. I think Cleveland has the best chance to beat Miami though. All right, I'm sorry. Who is? Uh, Fuck. You Fuck said uh, NBA. How many games is the World Series going to go? Six. Okay, six seems like a good spot. All right, we're gonna jump into the W's and L's, and we're gonna call a uh, call it a day. I just got a uh, two a two hour show down. I just got a spam account adding me on Snapchat. <laughs> really? Wow, Durant really sucked tonight. Uh, Thirteen points, five rebounds, ten assists. Kyrie played well. Game. Bruce Brown played well. Curry played poorly. Claxton ten points off the bench. Giannis. 35, 9, and 4. Middleton, 16, uh, 9, and 3. The game's not over. It's still tied. I don't know. Um, but don't, there's 10 no. minutes left. Uh, right. uh, you know, it's, you know, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have two dubs and one L now. I'm going to go with uh, four Ws and two Ls. Ooh, all right. You want to kick, kick us off or you want me to go first? Um, You can go first. All right. Um, My one and only L the Los Angeles Lakers. This bum-ass team <laughs> fell out of the playing tournament. Out of four teams, the they fell out. And then guess what? Even if they got healthy with LeBron playing for the rest of the season and AD playing Pelicans primetime and Russell, Russell Westbrook playing OKC-level ball, the two teams above them in the playing tournament that are in have the tiebreaker over them. So even so... The Lakers are out for good. Dumb, bum team. Lakers, my only L of the week. Sixers should be, though. 
Uh, my two L's. Uh, trust me. Uh, Jay Crowder for getting called out by Draymond Green last night. What um, happened? <laughs> so Jay Crowder, I guess, tried to get tough with Draymond. Let me see if I can find the uh, oh, boy. the exchange. Draymond basically said, you're from like a really nice neighborhood. You're not tough. Um, <laughs> Draymond said, you choke. Uh, said you choked twice. If you want to go there, we can go there. You from Buckhead. You from a nice neighborhood. You're not like that. And he basically just bitched out Crowder. So, um, don't mess with Draymond or the sniper. No, Draymond Twitter. had three points, eight rebounds, six assists, and three blocks. So he had the uh, that's vintage. Terrible game. Um, Dray- Draymond is. I honestly think Draymond's one of the best players in the NBA. That uh, in terms of like intelligence, he, he's got to be like the smartest NBA player. Um, but he's also he's not putting up numbers but I, I love his leadership and i bet you that uh his teammates will rally around that my other l i am currently losing in fantasy basketball to a team that does not check their roster um i'm in the semifinals and i'm gonna lose yet again i have already changed my team name to perennial disappointment and i am in, on pace to lose in the semis to a team this dude's up 70 points on me and he does not check his roster he got like 100 points from siakam the other night I have 43 from him being. It does not matter. This dude hasn't checked his team since November, and he's going to beat me. So I am the L. He was 10 and 11 in the regular season. I was 20 and 1, and I'm going to lose. I'm picking up guys to help me. I picked up Isaiah Hartenstein. He's got four fantasy points in the oh, third shit. quarter. Larry Markin has six fantasy points. His team losing by 20. I want to die. Yo. That is bad. <laughs> you were there making moves, looking at rosters, the stats, who's facing who. You're doing all these analytics, and this man is probably eating pop, corn pops. Uh, this dude's drinking And watching beer reruns of Friends. <laughs> this dude's eating hot dogs and drinking beer. <laughs> a glizzy. That makes it worse. Yeah. You're over here sweating it out, and he's just, like, yeah. enjoying his glizzy. He's chilling. I'm, I'm sweating it. Man, that was oh, yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna share a W, so I'm gonna let you. How many do you have? Two. All right, I'll start with one of mine. Right. Um, I'm gonna try to use one that you probably don't have. Um, my first W, let me find it. This is once again riveting. <laughs> uh, so Claude Giroux, <laughs> yeah, would never okay. get that one. <laughs> so Claude Giroux, uh, hung out with a former flyer named Kimo Tivinen, who actually is my favorite. Uh, flyer of all time. He met up with him and hung out with him after his 1,000th game. Kimo Timonen was on the Flyers from 07 to 2015. Traded in 15, won a cup with the Blackhawks, but he was close teammate for a little while. Mm -hmm. Um, He said they went and hung out. Um, Timonen said on his podcast, it was tough on Claude. He was still crying heavily while we were drinking. He was sorry to leave, and he probably never wanted to leave, but that's just how it goes. So my W is Claude Giroux showing unbelievable Loyalty to Philadelphia, and um, I'm happy for him. He's going to go win a cup in Florida now. Good for him. I mean, it sucks having him leave, but like we said numerous times, it's best for him just go out and just spread your wings, young man. Get this get this chip for us. That's yeah. part of ours. <laughs> All right. Um, my One of my L's is WrestleMania. WrestleMania 38 is this weekend. That's your it's, W, right? Yeah, eh, the fact that it's a two night event and it's kind of like a shitty looking card. It's kind of a shitty kind of card and it kind of lost its 
a lore, it's still WrestleMania, and it's always a nice surprise. And I always look forward to watching it uh, with my pops. All of I'll 87 years If you're old. watching it, I'll probably watch the same time you do. Like, I can't, is it, though. Is it free on the thing? Yeah, it's like on Peacock. The... Okay. I can't watch right. it at live. I'll be in uh, Miami during... Uh, right, you'll be away. But I'll That's be right. I'll be hopefully home if the storm passes Sunday afternoon around three. So okay. I'll watch night two for sure. But uh, night one, right. Who, who's the main, is the main event? Ronda Rousey and the other girl, and then uh, Lesnar and the Aquaman. I don't know. They keep changing it. I'm now I'm hearing. That's Sto- what they... I keep hearing now. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens are the main event of Sunday. Stone Cold's gonna be wrestling. He's not wrestling. He's doing a talk show with Kevin Owens, but it's going to be some kind of maybe like a stunner to end the show. I don't know. That's stupid. I'm not watching. Um, but it seems like at Royal Rumble when I watched the, um, uh, that Royal Rumble was abysmal. They, the worst. Yeah. It seems like seen. they were setting up for Charlotte and Rousey and then, uh, Lesner. Aquaman and Lesnar. Yeah. Um, so my, my next W would be Nick Castellanos. Um, as we know, he is infamous for hitting the home run during Tom Brenneman's um, apology <laughs> and then also hit a home run while they were eulogizing some dead World War II guy. He hit a home run on 9-11. He is literally the tragedy homer guy. Nick Castellanos' first hit as a Philly came while the Blue Jays announcers were reading the apology of one of their coaches for a DUI. And then his first home run as a Philly was the day after Chris Rock got slapped by Will Smith. So... Nick Castellanos, the Phillies play in Washington, D.C. on 9-11 this year. I will be saving $10 a paycheck between now and then to just put on a prop that Nick Castellanos hits a home run that day. And I'm probably going to make 500 bucks on it. So that's my second W is Nick Castellanos. Oh, dude, that's a tremendous dub. If I ever, if I die while Nick Castellanos <laughs> is a Philly, I, you have my permission. We're on the record. You can have $100, of my, $100 of my money. Whatever's yeah. left, you can have a hundred dollars, but you have to put it on Nick Castellanos to Homer the next time the Phillies play after I die. That'll be my gift to you. Got it. I'll probably put I'll put an extra one if say you pass early in the day and it's a night game. That same night I might just go off. Oh, if it's the same day, then it's it's a lock. If it's not, then it's <laughs> it's it's a little iffy. But uh, plus five hundred or more, I want it. Oh man. The day uh, anyone gets married, any special event that comes in our lives, <laughs> just put a five or ten dollars. When's the uh, when's the the anniversary of the George Floyd passing? Because I think Cassiano <laughs> is probably going to homer on that day too. We might as well just circle our calendars. I can't oh, believe they lost. Shit. They lost by eight. Unbelievable. This fucking team. I can't. Embiid believe. had thirty seven and fifteen of them. I don't lost. care. Embiid. <laughs> fuck, dude. This bench is fucking ridiculous. Five points at best. Is that what it was, dude? Let me. See. I bet you they got zero. No, they have. Oh my god! Oh, Atlanta's raping Cleveland right now. <laughs> eight. They points. had eight points. Niang, Milton, and Jordan. Well, Jordan had a great game. All right. Eight points. Thibel had half of it, and he was on the starting lineup. Christ. And this bum Casper couldn't even get you fifteen. Oh my yeah. goodness! So my parlay died. Um, uh, all of my parlay. I just lost thirty bucks. Right did I? Did I parlay that game? No, I parlayed the other I'm, game. Didn't I'm, I? I'm over it. Uh, my next, uh, my last W is uh, Shaheen Holloway, former St. Peter's head coach, took a job at Seton Hall now, and during the press conference, he had his St. Player, his St. Peter's players in attendance. And they stood up in standing ovation for their coach, and then the coach reciprocated by telling the crowd, I think we can get a little louder for those boys. 
So everyone basically clapped for the 15 players of St. Peter's during the Seton him. Hall presser. So pretty awesome. And he, he's a Seton Hall alumnus, correct? Because uh, that so, was yes. your that was your W last episode. Because yes. he was the, uh, the the point guard for them. All or right, so uh, yeah. Uh, magically, we don't have the same anything this week. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to end on the funniest one, but my third W is uh, Scott Hastings, who is a, a reporter, I guess, for the Pacers. Um, he was on TV doing an interview, and I sent you this. And yeah. So they asked him, "Do you think Jamichael Green is going to play today?" And he said, "I don't know. Let me ask him." And he turned around and goes, "Hey, Jamichael, <laughs> are you playing?" And he said, "No." And he said, "All right, Jamichael's not playing tonight." So I thought that was hilarious. We need more reporting like that. I need Jim Lynham on the court every game. Is our James Harden playing tonight? And he just turns around and asks James Harden. Um, the funny thought, part about I it that was, was hilarious. The hilarious part about it is when they when he did it, he turned around, located him, and he's in frame, Jamichael. And he and waited for him he, to shoot it too. He waited for him to shoot, it, and then he called him, I think, three times louder and louder until he got his attention. And then Jamichael was like, "Nah." And then continues to rack up another he, he shot. He gave him, he gave him like a respectful answer, dude. Like, was that? Oh no, no, I'm not playing. Yeah, basically. Like, it wasn't just like no. He, he it, so uh, whoever this guy is, like the players, I guess, seem to like him. My last W, and it's my favorite W of all time. Oh, man. Tony Hawk. Okay. <laughs> this is have wild. you did, have you ever seen the meme? Somebody tweeted it on Twitter and said it was a picture of Wesley Snipes crying, basically with a gun. And he's like emotionally about to shoot somebody. And it says me during the race war when I have to shoot Tony Hawk. And Tony Hawk responded and said, I appreciate the hesitation at least. So <laughs> what? at no. the Oscars, Tony Hawk met with Wesley Snipes, took a picture with him and said, and I quote, um, I think he said, I was spared. Life is good. And it's a picture of him shaking hands with Wesley Snipes. And the, uh, so somebody was nice enough to, in the first uh, tweet response, it was a picture. You can see the picture here. Yeah. Snipes holding the gun, like very upset, looking at somebody about to cry. He says, um, when the race war is happening and I got to kill Tony Hawk. And then Tony Hawk responds and says, I appreciate the hesitation though. <laughs> um, I Googled it just to make sure this is a real picture. And it is. Somebody actually wrote a story. Tony Hawk explained the Wesley Snipes tweet or explained the race war thing to Wesley Snipes when he met him. <laughs> Oh, and then they shit. took the picture together embracing. So I think that's my favorite W that we've had on the show. I'm seeing it now. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And you see the Some, picture of him literally showing him what's going on. <laughs> and on Tony War, uh, Tony War, on Tony Hawk's Instagram story, he put no war. If you know, you if know. You, yeah, so that is incredible. And, that's awesome. Uh, Tony Hawk continues to be one of the coolest um, celebrities on the Internet. And um, he has a cane. He always gets um, and the funny thing is he always gets um like recognized in public as somebody who just looks like Tony Hawk. Like people yeah. are always like, you look like Tony Hawk. He goes, I am, I am Tony Hawk. <laughs> That's, That's hilarious. hilarious. He's funny. He's great. I would love to meet him. I don't think you would know it's Tony Hawk. I was like, oh, I just met some dude. Think it looks like it could be Brent Barry. Dude, could I have a podcast Hawk. and we literally just talked about some guy that looked like Tony Hawk and you look just like Tony Hawk. We just talked about some dude that looks like him. You know who Tony Hawk is? He looks just like him. Is yeah, that a skateboard? Right? Yeah, I am Tony Hawk. <laughs> no, I have no it. idea. I have no idea what time we started this, but um, it's definitely a two and a half hour eulogy. All right. There. Well, um, we can always cut it in half. Who knows? Yeah, right. Fucking six or so. Yeah. What a bum way to end my night. I'm gonna change I, that around though. I made ten bucks. Oh, well, I made my ten bucks too. I put the TNT part in. Durant yeah, just killed me on that. Uh, the uh, the uh, 
Pistons plus eight and a half was minus eleven, minus one fifteen. So I put eleven dollars and fifty cents on them to cover that, and I won ten dollars. So good for you, big win, big win for the boy. You said it right, live on the live on the podcast. She yeah, clipped it I'm, too. <laughs> I'm gonna get the ten back from the uh, the, the risk free. We'll get you uh, up there. We go. There we go. Selling my picks on Twitter. <laughs> All right, guys. This this has been episode forty eight. Thank you for listening thus far. And uh, next time we talk, the MLB season will be upon us. We'll be probably starting, right? Same yeah, night. Same night. And probably the Yankees have already played. Uh, yeah, yeah, because it's a 1 o'clock game. So we'll be already deep into the MLB season. And we'll touch on anything with the Sixers and anything else that breaks. Maybe Chris Rockets revenge later on. Who knows? But until then, have a safe weekend, everybody. Stay safe, and uh, we'll see you next time. Adios. Thank you for listening.